Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 60. That's right. We're only five episodes away from being qualified for Social Security or retirement or whatever the whatever the word is. Uh, my name is Patrick. I'm joined by... We're never getting retirement. <laughs> what happens in nine years, but... Uh, a meme. A meme. A meme happens. No, he said nine years, and by then we're like... I obviously meant nine episodes. I misspoke. Almost, almost 3,000 episodes deep. <laughs> No, that's True. not right. No, no, I mean, we, if, if there's one thing I know about you, Seth, it's that you're great at math. Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> Did you? If you say it's 3,000 episodes away, by God, we're going to make it 3,000 episodes away. <laughs> anyway, my name is Patrick. I'm joined by Seth and Steve this week. So, hi, everyone. Hey, everyone. You're, you're kind of already dead. Hey, but... everyone. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Um, Josh, away this week. Uh, he's back in the underwater level. That's right. Moved on from... Actually, did not move on from New Zealand. Good Lord, we are in trouble. He actually got um, his head out of a little bit of the water to say hello for a second, and then he got pulled right back under. Was it one of those cute, like, when you're at SeaWorld and the, and the trainer says, and now watch as Flipper the Dolphin does, like, a wave on the way past, like that kind of halfway out of the water? Or No, no, no. It was more like, you know, he, he's got his hand out of the water trying to reach for someone to grab it, and we just high-fived it instead. <laughs> Do you reckon blind people don't like SeaWorld because it's like very discriminatory to them? Do you reckon there's a, a can't SeaWorld that they go to? I knew that was set up and that's why I just stayed silent. Yeah, no, I, I hate this. I hate this. Uh, <laughs> just like they hate SeaWorld. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, yeah, you could say that. You could, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you could say that, Steve. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You, you've, you've thrown me off so <laughs> yeah. hard that I just want to go straight around the lounge this week. Um, fuck you, Steve. Seth, what have you been up to? I have been up to nothing, so I'm going to be talking about Sackboy, because remember when I brought that up a few weeks ago? No. Yeah, I'm going to actually talk about it this time. Oh. Oh, right, yeah, 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 that's right. The, the, the teaser that, that, never, that never came out. Yeah, I was meant cool. to talk about that and Final Fantasy Crisis Core at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you go back and listen to that episode in reverse? Let us know. <laughs> um, if it told you to buy Krispy Kreme, also let us know. Uh, Steve, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I've been, uh, got some big news, big announcement. Um, turns out I've gotten engaged uh, to Fire Emblem. So the joke there is uh, that it's Fire Emblem. You're playing with my heart, Stephen, because I for a, for a split second I forgot you had that on the docket, and I was about to say congratulations. Same. <laughs> Should have kept my fucking big mouth quiet. Um. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I've been playing Fire Emblem. Uh, I was so close of, to thinking uh, that you'd actually pulled one over us and was genuinely making this announcement. I would have been so happy, but no, it was a shitty punchline. Uh, what do you mean, shitty? That was really good. Inside. I got yeah, probably uh, all of our listeners, all of our. Uh, British, every single listener has probably cried out in pain. Great disturbance in the force. Just for that, I'm the adding one of, more news docket to the um, one more news article to the docket. The amounts of cringe concentrated in in, in a local area. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's like it's like That's freshly the- squeezed orange juice, but it's like actually no, no, it's it's not even like pulpy orange juice. It's like you know how uh, if you go to like one of those hipster super up markety supermarket places, and you can get. Uh, crunchy peanut butter and crunchy peanut butter is basically just just straight peanuts just suspended in oil and you get to Actually, spread that on your on your toast um big Bad. announcement as well um three weeks oh, ago God. my girlfriend sent me up to the shops to get her peanut butter and amongst other things uh and they sell peanut butter in like a squeezy bottle now like toothpaste uh, yeah like like literally like toothpaste so you squeeze it on your um 
Ugh. on your bread. Uh, Do you think they started doing very- it after the penis butter story spread online? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yes. Did I make a jack and off motion and pretend it was penis butter? No, because I'm not that clever. But inquiries continue. If I have to go to the shop right now, it. <laughs> I'll be I'll be back. I'll be back. I don't know. I never related that. You guys eat anything? We can play yeah, can soggy peanut some- butter. Yeah, yeah. Can you pick me up some penis butter? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. <laughs> oh, God, it is Valentine's Day. No, 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 it's not. I, I'm pretty sure it everywhere in the world it, it has passed. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but just uh, it, it being sort of topical Valentine's Day. Ooh. Last Good week's time. episode went up on Valentine's Day, though. Oh. Well, we love you, listener. Thank you for listening to us. You know how everyone says, uh, don't get attached, don't, be, don't get involved in a parasocial relationship. I love you. Yes, you, the listener, listening right now. I love you. And I'd love you even more. Patrick, I'm the one listening to right Patreon. now. <laughs> Shut up. What, do, you, do, you, do you not love me back? No. In that case, uh, Steve, I've got to cancel the big, announcement, uh, the, the big announcement. I don't think Seth will say yes. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I- if the ring's nice enough. <laughs> well, th- that's the thing. Is it's fashioned exactly after a sonic ring. Hmm. And it and it tastes the same. I can probably sell that for a couple of gold coins, like chocolate gold coins. Because yeah, possible. I mean, I meant Mario gold coins, but sure. Eh. I don't think I, I like this it. bit. Took a weird turn. Anyway, yeah, um, what have I, I missed this week? Thanks for asking, guys. Um, I I've made good on on my my promise to you, the the parasocially involved listener, of um going and actually finishing Elden Ring after talking about it as being in my top five for last year. So went <gasps> I actually, get it. Actually, this is moving the- back around to be getting engaged because of the Elden Ring. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. a good one. Yeah. That was really See, good. That's why they call me the host, mm. the hostest with the mostest. You know, uh-huh. that's. I've, I've definitely heard people say that about me. Maybe. Um, that and uh, also played the latest, uh, latest Sunbreak update. Uh, Going to give some super quick thoughts about that. Uh, and they will be super quick because I know that I say that every time, but they actually didn't add as much this time. So they, they, will, be, they will be super quick. Just I, I, I tell you what, they super, super quick they will. I'll uh, hold you accountable anyway. to that. Uh, Thank you. Uh, your service is appreciated, future Seth, and also possibly present Seth, but I think we can both agree fuck past Seth. Uh, anyway. All right. Um, you convinced me. I'm going to add sade chicken, sorry, sade sauce to my dinner. You've convinced me. Thanks, fellas. I'm so confused. Like, is that, is that still an Elden Ring thing? Like, no, it's almost I'm harking back to the sauce penis too butter. Spicy or? Nah, the, the penis butter joke. Um, oh. I, yeah, I just looked up a really quick and easy recipe. That's fine. No, nah, it doesn't matter. We can play on. Play on. Uh, are we sponsored by peanut butter today? Seth, Seth, is he doing a bit? I can't, I can't tell. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just talking to someone comfortable. I think this is like when I yelled, uh, I fucking love Star Wars last week, <laughs> and then Steven broke, but he broke himself this time. <laughs> so, so what do we do? Do we just, do we just continue? Or? Just continue on. Continue on. No, I, think we let him, I think we let him fester for about five minutes until his brain fizzles out, and then we can do the rest of the podcast without him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can but, start but we, should pro- we should probably we should probably uh, let him tire himself out faster by having him talk about uh, Fire Emblem, the game that he may or may not be engaged to, and also may or may not be playing with penis butter. I, don't, I was kind of confused about that whole thing. <laughs> anyway, um, Steve, Fire Emblem. Okay, Fire Emblem. Engage. 
Uh, so this game came out about three or four weeks ago. Um, I got it on release, uh, but I just had a bit of a problem getting into it. It's a bit of a slow starting game, which is actually a bit of a shame because the, uh, the last Fire Emblem game, Three Houses, that came out in 2019, I think overall is a, a better game. So I think I was a bit too excited about like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like Three Houses. And then it, it, it it's not. Yeah, from um, what I've seen online, a lot of people say this is more like the classic Fire Emblems than modern it, ones. It is. It will, eh. So I guess the sort of thing there, to, to, let's start at the beginning. So Fire Emblem is a, uh, a tactical role-playing game where it takes place on a grid uh, and you control units and it's pretty much your units uh, against the enemy's unit. And you sort of take turns and there's, uh, a weapon triangle, so if your unit has an axe, it beats the unit with um, a lance, lances beat swords, swords beat axe, and so oh, on. So, and on, my favorite sorry, one- Are we, are we talking uh, about, uh, are we, we talking about Fire Emblem or, or triangle strategy? Uh, rock, paper, scissors, essentially. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and, and then there's like, there's, uh, there's bows and arrows, which are good against horses, and then there's knives, which are good against, um, Nothing really. Then you've got <laughs> magic, and that does its own sort of thing. Um, yeah, but yeah, my favorite one is that fist beats the knives, the arrows, and magic. Well, technically, it's, it's scrolls because it's like a, it's a body art, which is actually new for the series. I'm, uh, I'm aware, and they're fucking shit. A good old punch. Those. Nothing beats punch. So, but the, the core out thing that like distances. Uh, well, the, the normal Fire Emblem game from, like, the newer Fire Emblem... Sorry, the old Fire Emblem game to the new Fire Emblem game is, uh, like, the social sim elements. Like, I think it started with Fire Emblem Awakening for the 3DS back in 2012, I believe that came out. 2013, maybe? Yeah, I think it was, it was 20, I think it was 2012-ish, yeah. Yeah, something like that, because that was my first introduction to the Fire Emblem series. Uh, and these social sim elements are... Sort of like a social links in Persona, but not really. So as you fight in combat, sorry, yeah, yeah, as you fight on the battlefield, um, and if your unit is standing next to another unit, um, they'll bond, and after a certain amount of fights and sort of hanging out together, you'll get sort of like a special cutscene of them interacting back at your home base, uh, and then you've got uh, Awakening at four link four levels, so uh, C, B, A, and S, and once you've got the S, usually the Characters get engaged and they had a kid because Fire Emblem had a weird time and traveling. Spring uh, yeah. thing as well. Yeah. And your kids come from the your kids come from the future and they can hang out with their own kind of stuff. And weird. then Fire Emblem Face was like, "Well, we don't have a time travel plot, so we'll just throw them in the baby portal." Yeah, which <laughs> fucking weird. Uh, uh, but so I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so what it is yeah, so is that like- instead of time travel, you just throw them into a portal where they uh, time flows faster. And then you, um, it's like, oh, it's been three weeks since you've been born, but now you're a fully grown adult that can join the army. Yeah, and they're not emotionally stunted at all. Like, Fate's the fucking weird game. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so Fire Emblem still does have those social links. But it, uh, and I'm, to be honest, I'm only up to chapter 15, and I believe there's 20 chapters. Uh, but it only goes up to A, so there's no child mechanic. There is no, as far as I'm aware anyway, there's no... Mechanic where you can ship your favorite units together and they get married and they have a kid. So, so I'm going to cut in real quick. So, where, where does where does the penis butter come in with all this? Uh, that's your dinner. 
So, okay. Oh, cut okay, it. gotcha. So, cutting in real quick, um, Patrick, the penis butter is actually exclusive to the Japanese version because I've been told that, um, I don't know if that it's so S-Rings, but uh, being able to marry units together was exclusive to Japan and the American, <laughs> the, the localized version cut it back and just made it more like platonic relationships. I, I love the idea of there being a relationship tier above S, which is just R. Yeah, from my understanding, the localization has sort of changed it to be platonic instead of uh, sexual, but then at the same time... <laughs> for platonic. Uh, but then it's at the same 50 time, 50. It, there's a bunch of characters that are like significantly underage. Yeah, I'm okay uh, with them oh, changing okay. it for those characters. Uh, you get it for one or for all. Like, it's... Uh, it's either you get no relationships or you get relationships with kids, um, which you get in the Japanese version. You can have relationships with kids, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, one of them uh, being as young as eleven. Yeah, Jean. Um, oh, sorry, Jean. Um, oh, I thought I was talking about that. You know that, Steve? Or Anna? Oh, Anna. Yeah, she's probably about the same age. Um, it's fucking shit character, right? annoying piece of shit. Anna's um, great. So, in every, you played the every game. version of can, can, every can, version can, of Anna is great that I've ex- uh, that I've seen. Careful, Seth. Defending this could could blow up in your face. Maybe she was a little shit when she was eleven years old, but when she became a um, when she got older and really careful where this is going. (laughs) Every other incarnation of her, where she's just a merchant that's obsessed with gold, she's great. Oh, she she is she is a merchant obsessed with gold in this one. It's no just a change in age, man. Look, I'm I'm putting you in the Smash Brothers jail. Um, <laughs> well, you can't pull the wool over my eyes like that and set me up for the fall. I didn't think you'd go out defending it. <laughs> I was defending, <laughs> the, I was, I was defending the gold obsession. What are we doing here? Um, See, Steve anyway. was the one that brought up penis butter, and I feel like Seth's the one on, th- on, on thinner ice. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. the one that brought up penis butter. He brought up peanut butter. Uh, anyway, so... Stop talking about nuts, Seth. It's not good. <laughs> this conversation's nuts. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not really going to get into the story that much because, in my opinion, the story is fucking terrible. It's uh, you wake up after sleeping for a thousand years. Uh, <laughs> Good. T- turns out your kingdom's under attack, and then your mum goes to defend you, and then she dies. Like uh, every fire mother. Pretty much, and then like, but it turns out you're like the fell dragon. No, the, you're the divine dragon, which is essentially their god, and you got to sort of unite the land. Defeat the Naturally. fell dragon, which is a bad one. It's a tale as old as time. Um, yeah, gotcha. But the difference with yeah, it's pretty boring to be honest. Three houses—that's much better, much better story. Uh, but the difference with this is both mechanically and in the story, it introduces these concept of emblems, uh, and these emblems are rings essentially that you can equip onto a character, and it summons a, a previous character from a previous fire update. Like you've got. Uh, favorite Smash Brothers characters, uh, Marth, Roy, and Ike, as uh, well as Byleth as well, which in Byleth is the main character from the previous Fire Emblem. Like the, and mechanically, it's you equip them, you get stat boost, and you can summon them in battle to help you out if you can do special attack. But the sense of the story, it's essentially 12 rings that you've got to collect to make you stronger, and there is a personification of a spirit that comes out and you can sort of talk and you can actually bond with the emblem. Yeah, I was going to well. say, and, and you get engaged with it because, again, they, it fully comes back to the whole ring chat, right? Pretty much. It's just back to being engaged. Uh, yeah. And, and jumping ahead a little I, bit I as well, I, 
it's really it's really funny now that um the DLC is coming out and you get a ring that has both um Robin and Crom in them. So um, they're, which they're, is very they're strange. Already, they're already committed. They're already in a committed relationship, and they're just coming over to you because they like your vibes. Yeah, like, and I'm not really sure how the whole DLC thing works. I'm not going to get it. I think it's borderline predatory how they're doing. Um, like literally the first thing, like you start this game up, you press play, and it's like, oh hey, the DLC, the DLC is available for purchase. You want to buy the expansion pass? And I'm like, I literally just fucking booted up the game. Fuck off. I I don't. Okay, I agree that's predatory, but. I, I guess I'm shockingly normalized to that because I, I see that in so many games now. It's, it's a yeah. problem, but I, I guess I also can just tune it out. Yeah, and I think maybe because I haven't played a game on release for, well, since Pokemon, and Pokemon didn't have it, that like, I was sort of like, hmm, they, they really do this now. Yeah, uh, I got gotcha. you. So, so is you've, it you've, me you've being up, the problem here? <laughs> you've, 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 brought up, you've brought up Fire Emblem and you said the story's shit. So where, where are you at? Did you enjoy the game? Did you not enjoy the game? What, what's so it took me, maybe because of the story shit, it took me a little bit to get into the swing of things. Like, uh, from a gameplay loop point of view, uh, you do uh, an encounter, uh, you progress the story, and then you have the option of going back to your, well, the option of continuing the story or coming back to your base. I think it's called Somniel. Uh, and Somniel is probably one of probably the most it's come, it's come from a game 10 years ago. Like, it is mechanically, it's just fucking weird. Like, you literally dropped into this big area. You've got shops on either side. Um, in this main square, you've got shops that you can sort of go and buy stuff from. But each shop sells different things. You've got one shop that, that sells armor, one shop that sells outfits, one shop that upgrades your weapons, and then one shop that sells, like, like, like I, don't, I don't know why they didn't put that into like one shop. It's fucking weird. And then in other parts of, it's the of Somniel, you've got different things you can do. You can do like a weird workout activity that can increase your stats after the next combat. Um, you can go to the dining hall and uh, have one of your uh, other units prepare a meal for you. Um, you can uh, go fishing and collect fish for some reason. I can't really discern why you do that, but it just exists there. It's just, it's just weird. It's, it, and th- you get you, you keep going through the motions of going around. There's items on the ground you can pick up, um, doing all these activities, and it's like you finish. And it's, it, it can take like up to half an hour, forty five minutes to do all these activities because the place is like very big and spread out. And you get to the end of it, it's like, okay, what did I do? Oh, nothing really. Like I might have trained a couple of units uh, in the training area. I would have polished my rings to help with bond with them. Might have sold a couple of items. I might have eaten a meal and that's it. And it just takes so long to do that. Right. Yeah. Whereas what three, three houses had a very similar thing with its home base, but the home base made sense because in three houses, you're at school doing sort of training exercises. So it makes sense. You'd go out, do an exercise and come back to school. And as you're walking around the school, you can talk to it, the other students or your units and sort of have like an interaction with them and be like, Oh, Hey, how are you going? Oh, cool. Like yeah, you're going around grooming the kids. <laughs> I'm t- we're instructing the kids, and you can get like sort of yeah, but then you can marry them later, right? It's grooming. You get into after time skip, after time skip. Uh, but you you, oh, you put oh, those seeds of uh, romance into their hearts while they're yeah, still it's, at school. It's, 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 this, this, this is going like to be an that. email. Yeah, rightfully so. Uh, but 
in this one, running around Somniel, if you can't really, like, if you do talk to someone, it's like literally the only option you're given is gift. So if I want to interact with someone and have my bond level go up with them, um, I have to give them something, which is like, I don't want to. Because if you give them something, you have to go through the fucking menu, you have to find to something be, that they to like. To be fair, that is kind of how it works in real life too, though. This is a video game. If I wanted real life, I'd go outside. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, sunny outside. I got sun down on the week. Well, lucky you. Yeah, but, but anyway. It- how was your weekend, Patrick? Anyway, let's just say, let's just say I didn't have a backyard pool and then I did. <laughs> you're welcome, by the way. Increase your property price. Ah, oh, so you're but saying it, if you wanted to go fishing, all you had to go do is uh, step on the, uh, go in the back balcony. Yeah, but the only fish that I caught was myself. <laughs> you don't take your anyway. own bait, Patrick. Yeah, so, so this- It looks this, so tasty. Oh, so this Somniel area, this hub base, it's not very fun. It's a waste of time. And literally, like, after 10 chapters, I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, so I've just sort of stopped doing it, and I've sort of started skipping over it. Uh, but then, mechanically, the game is really good. The unit variety is very good. How they feed, they drip feed the different types of units into you. It's really good. Um, after a couple of chapters, you've got pretty much too many units. And I, I'm sort of getting st- stuck up on, I really like this character. I want to use him. But the newest character I've gotten is a higher level and just essentially a better character. So there is a bit of that that I'm personally struggling with. That battle that I have to wage for myself. Uh, and I get the feeling that because the story was a bit slow paced and I really couldn't get into it, that's why I slowed down at the start. But now that I am getting into it, um, I'm sort of skipping all the bullshit parts that don't really make sense. I am sort of getting in that flow when these encounters I. But these encounters are good. Like, they do take a while. Like, the encounter I did this morning took an hour and a half. But it was a fun encounter. Like, there was, some em- there was a lot of enemy variety. Uh, the enemies were sort of hints of maneuvering, maneuvering me because I was taking too long and fucking around, which is unfair, but it's, it is what it is. I just got to buckle down, essentially. Uh, get good, perhaps? Essentially, but then, so then one of the most unfair things it does is pretty much every encounter on the map is like a, you have to defeat this certain character to progress, like the boss character, for lack of a better word. And for some reason, the game is like, you know what? Two health bars. So every <laughs> boss is given like a, a revival sort of stone. So the first time you beat them, it's like, cool, coming back to life. Can you steal uh, off them? If you no, you can't. Thief? Like it's, nope. It's essentially like, no, this character has two health bars. And it's pretty unfair because it's, it's not like as if I can do like 40 damage and like it would carry over. It's like, okay, the enemy's on 20 health. I do 40 damage. It falls to zero. Uh, and then it just revives. Like that carryover damage isn't there. And you can sort of get caught off guard, especially in the first couple encounters, if you're not expecting it. Because it literally is like, oh, well, you, you killed me, but nah, not really. and depending on if you essentially fuck up uh, and lose a couple of units before you get to the boss battle, you can literally be like, well, that's it. Can't do it. Got to restart. But then at the same time, maybe you're not restarting the moment you lose a unit. Well, I'm not playing on um, the hardcore difficulty, which is like the unit dies in battle. It's gone forever. I'm playing on that one where the unit dies in battle. It's more like you play on normal, but you do the old GBA or before nah. Awakening style where it's like, oh, nah. wow, my unit died. Guess I'm restarting the map. Yeah, it's fucking stage scummy. What's the fucking point? 
Um, I am playing it on hard mode, but I'm not playing it on that hardcore old mode. Like, if I lose a unit, it just sort of goes back to base. Like, it doesn't die forever like what it used to. So you're not, um, so you're not nuzlocking okay. Fire Emblem? No, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, but I am still having a really good time with this game, even if the bosses are unfair, even if the story is pretty shit, even yeah, if the it's, it's, it's weird area. because the, 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 tone of, the tone of you talking about it suggests that you actually quite enjoy it. But everything you've talked about is just bitching about every part of the game except, like, a specific gameplay mechanic. Well, it's, it's, it's the main unit-to-unit combat that is the best. But in, most, in the most recent Fire Emblem games, like Three Houses, they, they've essentially got the battle system perfect. Like, they can't really do that much. It's just what the layers around it, like how you get new items, how you upgrade your units, how you interact with the units. And while they have put in these social sim elements in there, it's just not as... I just don't care about the characters as much as I did in Three Houses. Maybe that's because Three Houses uh, is designed to sort of get you in tune with a certain... Like you pick one of your Three Houses and you pick one, and then if you're in it to be really interactive with them. But maybe this one, because you're sort of being drip-fed units, You'll have like one royal prince and like his three retainers. So you really only care about the prince and his fucking three retainers are faceless, uh, axe building weirdos. It just feels like they're just taking a couple steps back. And it's just disappointing because I really enjoyed Three Houses. And the only thing that like I started playing, I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm back to Three Houses. Um, but at the same time, the core mechanic is there. The, the main unit to unit combat is solid. I really enjoy that. And that's if the units unit combat is about 75, 80% of the game, it's just that last 20% that just completely drop the bet, drop the ball, shit the bed, et cetera, et cetera. And it just, just feels a bit disappointing, especially because they've done, well, even before Three Houses, back on the 3DS with like Fates and Conquest and Birthright, like those had a hub world, but the hub world was a lot smaller, a lot contained. You could interact with the units a lot better. It just feels like they've, Taking a gamble, um, three houses worked, and that was a big sort of hub world. This does not work because it's an empty hub world, and that's just a shame. Um, but that is what it is. I'm really curious now. I might have to make this the next game I play after I finish Tales of Arise. Yeah, I, I, your probably mileage will vary. Um, I, I, actually, no, no, I don't, I don't think I will. Everything that I've seen online, pretty much, shits on the story, shits on the hub world. Uh, the units unit combat is good, and maybe it's because I'm probably not putting it much as an emphasis on the units unit combat. I'm kept sounding quite negative, but that's because the units unit combat's already been perfect. It's been perfect since the fucking GBA days. Like they know what they're doing. It's just the stuff around. So final score, seven out of ten. There, I said it. So you're telling me that eighty percent of the game is good. And the twenty percent that uh, that's le- that's left isn't good. Yet you give the game a seventy percent score. Curious. Mm, very true. Very true. I, so there's also the interaction. There's like the eighty percent game, twenty percent other stuff, and how do they mix together? Like chocolate's good by itself. Peanut butter's good by itself. No, they shouldn't be put mixed together. Yeah, and because of, but if you get Chocolate and cookies, those are both good. They mix together very well. 
I'm sorry, I zoned out because I, I cannot believe you said chocolate and peanut butter do not go together. Right. Here we go. Here Re- we Reese's go. cups are pretty damn good. Not great, not. but pretty damn good. Nah, they're fucking shit. Uh, oh, well, okay, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up, Seth. <laughs> what do you mean, <laughs> not great? They're, they're like, I'd still prefer a Snickers. Like, chocolate and peanut butter goes together, but not as good as chocolate and caramel. It's funny. Uh, are, you, are you hungry uh, right now, Seth? Why am I going to eat a knuckle sandwich? Well, uh, no, actually, because the Snickers tagline is you're not you when you're hungry, and I can't help but think that this isn't you, because the stuff that I know wouldn't shit on Reese's Pieces like this. It's, it's like not Reese's shitting Pieces. on them too hard, it's just I, I prefer Snickers and Twix. And hey, sometimes when I'm feeling spicy, I also like having a shit take, but, you know, someone has we to doesn't. <laughs> we, we've lost our resident shit take, have <laughs> It's true, actually. You're doing the Lord's work, trying to do two jobs. But yeah, I still 7 out of 10. I stand by that. 7 out of 10. Stand by it? Interesting. Yep. Curious. Curious. Uh, right. No. Um, thank, thank, you, thank you for that, Steve. Um, I'm going to quickly jump in. Uh, let's, let, let's do this back to back. Elden Ring. Okay. Um, finished it. Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I'm basically not updating like, all, of the, all of the good things and bad things that I, uh, that I liked about it that we talked about way back when Elden Ring. Boom. Still love that title. Um, are all true. The, the one thing that I do want to touch on, uh, I, my starting class was a confessor. And given how old Elden Ring now, uh, now is, people are probably like, the fuck was a confessor? It was the dude that was like combat crossed with like faith and um, incantation. And so I played m- the majority of the game with the winged scythe, which I love and still love, um, a high faith based weapon. Uh, and it was a fucking scythe that was sick. Um, the problem was, I. Uh, so where I stopped uh, back when I first sort of went through Elden Ring, I stopped just before the fire giant because that's when people said, oh, you know, the game starts to um, push you towards finishing the story and, you know, a bunch of story stuff happens. So go and basically make sure that you want to fight the fire giant when you do. And so went and did a bunch of other stuff uh, and then ended up stopping Elden Ring for a bit. Came back, decided, yep, yeah, today's the day, fought the, Elden Gi- uh, the, the fire giant and continued on and basically just went boss to boss and finished off the story. The problem that I hit, and I wonder if this is something, because you guys both finished today. Yes. Wee, wee, wee. Yeah, cool. Um, The problem that I hit was that I was mostly in faith, and I don't remember where my second lot of points was. I think it was vigor or the the health increasing one, but it was was a lot more even. It was like faith was the main thing to use the weapon, and then everything was somewhat even, but just less investment. Um, And I hit a bit of a wall. Um, with the, I'm not even sure if it was the Godskin twins. The Godskin, the Godskin twins, uh, did warm me for a while, but I think I was also a little bit underleveled for where I should have been. So that, that was fine. And that I just grinded and eventually I was able to get through it. But particularly Malakath, Malakath just, just fucked me just continuously, just over and over again. Actually, Godskin did as well for a while of just me trying to do it and it just, it just not working out. And I think the bit that kind of annoyed me is that I love games like, let me, let me compare it to Monster Hunter, right? Which I'll, I'll talk about the Sunbreak stuff afterwards, but Monster Hunter, you have a pretty clear position on the power curve. And what I don't like about Elden Ring is that I don't know where my position on the power curve is. So when I have a lot of points in faith and then points in other places where I think I need it, because the build isn't necessarily optimized for the level that I'm at, I have a really hard time figuring out where on the power curve I am, and therefore I have a really hard time figuring out where on the power curve 
the boss is and where I should be to fight the boss, to, to make the boss... Yeah, uh, I think you to, need to, to uh, figure out as well as where the soft caps and hard caps are in, um, yeah. in the game. So you, if you're going to go a faith build, you don't want to just dump everything into faith because at some point you're going to get minimal returns and you need to start dumping points into something else. Yeah, very true, and very true. I feel like a lot of problems that come up with it, like that sort of, I'm, I'm a high level, but I don't know where I sit on the, on the power curve sort of line is if, um, if it, your build's done too much in that stat and you've just hit the cap and you should be putting your points in other things, but you haven't because you're just like, well, I can keep dumping into faith. Why would I stop? Yeah. And, uh, and so basically my, my resolution was I completely respect and I went into, uh, what, what, what's the class that gets the katana at the start? Samurai? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, um, I, I basically went samurai and uh, because I had rivers of blood, I don't remember how nice. I got it, but just p- picked just yeah, a, start. an excellent katana, um, leveled that up to, to 10. Uh, and basically just became a samurai basically got two katanas dual wielded them um dropped all of my points out of faith i think faith wound up being one of my lowest ranks and just dropped all of my points into dex and arcane maybe arcane, uh, whatever. Arcana, i think yeah yeah whatever the one that scales rivers of blood is and so it really annoyed me because i felt way stronger with that build but it felt like i was betraying playing my starting class like i felt like i needed to have faith somewhere in my build but it just wasn't i just wasn't able to make that happen while also having a quote-unquote competitive like character or like a competitive build it was it was a weird it was a weird sort of i always want to say like a a mid elden ring game crisis (laughs) yeah (laughs) like what am i doing (laughs) i think faith builds are one of the lower ones in elden ring as well in terms of usefulness so it's like you got to be really deep into knowing how to play the game and its mechanics well before faith really starts pulling its weight. And it might depend, like you might have just gotten a bad spell or a bad rod, or you don't have to sorry the most optimal, um, that it might have just caught you out a bit more. Like I, I remember when I was playing, like, probably every 20 levels or so, I'd be uh, looking at the fucking wiki and being like, hey, what kind of build should I have? And there's like, beginner intermediate sort of master ones and i did sort of have to respec a couple of times but i think yeah you're sure right it sort of does punish you like if you didn't know where to put your points like you could yeah essentially hit the same wall that you did and like whoops put my points in the wrong area i'm fucked yeah yeah it's essentially like building your dnd character wrong yeah and and i I get that elden ring's a hard game i i get that i i looked up a few things on the wiki because i couldn't be bothered figuring some of the stuff out myself but it just it just annoyed me a little bit because like it's it's kind of like a what's the point of the starting class because after a certain point it seems irrelevant because I just respect to what was basically a samurai anyway and when I was still running a high faith build my it was my my build when I was running high faith was winged scythe plus I don't know it was like seven or eight at the time and I eventually got it to plus ten um, before I switched over but uh, majority of the game was winged scythe plus seven and then. Uh, a shield, like a decent uh, medium shield, and then the, uh, whatever the finger sorcery item, I forget the name of it, but the thing that lets you actually use incantations, and so I'd use a, um, uh, uh, black flame fireball thing. That that was my main, those were my main three. 
Um, and that was really sick. I really enjoyed how the game played that way because it was like big heavy attack from Scythe, uh, semi long range attack with the the fireball, and you know if you have to swap to um, something a bit faster, then you do. But most of the time, you you find a way to make the Scythe work. Um, and then by the end of it, it was the same shield, rivers of blood. And then if I wasn't using the shield, I was using uh, I don't remember the name of the other katana, but just another katana to get the power stance going. Uh, and then mimic tier, and uh, that. It felt like the only way to enjoy the last couple bosses of the game, Malakath into the, the bosses in, in the, the uh, capital, was to play like that. And yeah, I don't know. It, it was, I'm, I finished it, uh, defeated the Elden Beast, all of that, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed every moment of what I was doing. Uh, I went to Godfrey freakishly quickly for how long I spent on Malakath, and I ended up spending... About seven hours on Malakath and Jesus. That, yeah, and, and that, that sucked because at uh at hour five, I think, at hour four or five, um, I got close enough that they that they were within one hit on the Malakath form, like the second form, a couple times. And so I just I knew I knew that with enough attempts I'd eventually get it. I just needed to get lucky. And that's exactly what happened. I had the most bullshit easy fight for the last one that it felt almost like a pity, pity pass because I just did not struggle with the last attempt. And it, it was almost, I was just glad to beat it. But part of it, part of me was kind of frustrated with how easy it was after all the other attempts I'd gone through. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but then, then I got hit with uh, a, a point at the end of defeating the, the Elden Beast. Um, I got the, in case people are wondering what ending, what ending I got, I got the, you are crowned lord tarnished of yada yada where it's just you sitting on a chair as the ending ah uh, yeah um I, I don't know what the difference in endings are and i don't i don't really want to go back and i looked it up i can't around. remember it's been like twelve months in a while i know that like ronnie's got an ending and a few other bits and pieces but um yeah there's like three to five uh, endings i think yeah I, I was i was thinking of three to four so yeah three to five sounds about right but um oh that's what i was gonna say is that also with malakath um uh and also the godswin the Godskin, twi to, uh, Godskin Twins as well. Um, the fireball's useless. Just, like, having, having a fireball in a boss fight just does not fucking help you at all. Yeah, does, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, Godskin Duo is a bit fucking unfair as well. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, it was, it was more disappointing to say, like, I don't know how the fuck you play this as, like, a, as like a range dominant or, like, anyone with, like, a wind-up time because you get hit once and it's just, like, the hit, the hit yeah, start just stuck, kills you. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, so so defeated the Elden Beast, and the the point of me wanting to finish the game was that I was sick of people asking, you know, like I was sick of people being surprised that I hadn't finished Elden Ring because I played it for I'd played it for like eighty, ninety something, at least sixty hours actually, because I did play it quite a bit in the past couple of weeks, but sixty to seventy hours, and I hadn't finished the game just because I was having fun gallivanting off doing my own thing, and so defeated the Elden Beast, and it was like, okay, I know that now there is the choice: do I go and fight Melania, <laughs> and I'm, I'm at a crossroads here, right? Because I've just defeated the Elden Beast and my mission was to finish Elden Ring. I've now done that. But I knew if I told people I've, you know, finally went and finished Elden Ring, they'd be like, oh, how did the Millennia fight go? Which is not part of the story. It's like the secret, secret final mm. super boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and here's, the, here's the funniest part was with the same double like power stance and katana mimic tier build um, for my way to Melania. And then Melania, I beat it. I beat in 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, no blood. Um, blood stacks on her really ruin her day. Yeah, well, that, it was blood, blood. in general is uh, 
I remember when, like, because I, I started as the samurai and I had blood until about, like, what, level 60. It does uh, trivialize a couple of things. Yeah, for like half the game, I was playing with Frost instead, and that was doing okay, but it's not as great as Blood is. Hmm. But then at, uh, at the same time, like, the game gives you the tools. You can say like maybe this game makes the game easier in air quotes, but at the same time, you've still got to hit the enemies a couple of times uh, for the actual stack. You've still got to be good at knowing those iframes, knowing your wind-up times, knowing their wind-up times. Oh, all, all I'm I, saying yeah, is if was... you didn't finish it on the pre-release version, you didn't beat the game. <laughs> That's right. They've nerfed a couple of things, buffed a couple of things. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard the argument for being nerfed. I've I've definitely heard the argument that I was overleveled. Just the order of which that I went and explored some of the content, I was overleveled for some of the losses that I went and fought, and therefore that I wasn't playing the game right. I don't give a shit. I I really enjoyed being overleveled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I enjoy being overleveled because that that's the thing. Like in Monster Hunter, it feels good because you've earned your way to the top of the power curve. That when there is something below you on the power curve, it's it's fun because you know the amount of work you put in to get there. And I treat Elden Ring the same way. I don't need everything to be a challenge. If some things are a walk in the park, gimme gimme. <laughs> um, the Millennia thing. I definitely got lucky, and uh, I could absolutely see myself spending a lot longer, but. After how long I spent on Malakath and the Godskin Twins, I was just I was just happy to get one back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've finished all of the content that I went around while exploring and went, this is too hard for me, I'll come back later. Um, I, I'm level 165 something at this point. So I went back and just every everything on my map that I marked as come back and do this later, I have done. So to me, Elden Ring is finished. I'm, I know there is stuff I've missed. That's just such a big game. But um, I can oh, now yeah, say no, that I, I finished Elden Ring. I haven't even I've... done the um the Dungeater quest line. That's a very hard one. Hey, some of those quest lines, if you miss one thing at a certain key point, sorry, yeah, try I, again next playthrough. I can't do it because I got to do it on a second playthrough now. Need a guide? Yeah, you need a guide. I thought that was very unfair. Actually, that's, that's a good point. I've I've released the Dungeater from the pallet from the um capital dungeons, but I have not continued past that. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be able to finish it then. I think if you don't release him from the um. The dungeons before you ruin the capital city, then he's locked out forever. But after that, I think he's fair uh, game. I released him. I released him after I ruined the capital city. So oh, maybe they patched we'll it since see. launch. Maybe I. I don't know. I. I'm super bad with following up on the quests. Uh, I kept getting egged on to do Rani's quest line, and I basically just said, "Okay, what do I do?" Because <laughs> I couldn't be bothered looking yeah, it up. They're like, "Go see, go see this. Go talk to this person." Fine. I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. I need, I need a little arrow on my screen that tells me what to do and I'll do it. Where's, yeah. where's my Ubisoft I, waypoint? I basically followed a guide to do the Rani quest line. Yeah, fair. But, uh, they, or even like what was like Oblivion or Morrowind had like a diary of like, oh, this is what's happened. Like, it, yeah. I literally yeah. like, I, I work, I play Oztag, I have a life outside of this video game. Like, wow, I, I can't guy. be, exp- <laughs> I, got, I do a, an award-winning podcast. Yeah, uh, I literally- I cannot remember what I I boot up a game. I'm like, what did I do? Um, oh, that's right. I'm here. What have I done? Oh, I don't know. Maybe, but the flip side to that, like, what I think someone told me, or I read a comment online or something, is like, just write it down. You got your phone. You write it down in your notes. I'm like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, that's fucking uh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't have anything to add. I agree. Uh, I absolutely could have if I wanted to take notes of things and. My my sort of happy middle ground was the game gave me tools like putting waypoints on maps, uh, mm. both the temporary ones and also the little like symbol icons. Um, I don't remember. I don't think those were available. I don't think both of them were available at launch. 
I think the icons were added in. I, I don't remember, but yeah, um, I, I I made use of that, and that was and that was good. I I appreciated that, but um, yeah. Anyway, that, that's basically all I have to say about Elden Ring. Uh, I finally finished it. It's definitely deserving of being in top five. I can see what one game of the year. Everything else, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I maybe we'll eventually come back and, and try playing as something completely different just to, to sort of see how it goes. But I, um, I'm not in a rush, which is nice because when I put Elden Ring down and did everything else last year, there was always a part of me that was like, you should come back and finish this. And it was, mm. it was a really nice feeling to, to go back and like finish it, like to get the finality of it is done, you know? What'd you give it out of 10? Just- Whatever I gave it in the Elden Ring episode, I think it was somewhere between 8.5 and 9, and uh, maybe even a 9.5, I stand by that. Anywhere but, between 1 or 10, eh? Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there. Now that you've finished it, does it go higher or lower on your top 5 list? Shit, that's a better question. That also relies on me remembering what my top 5 list was. <laughs> um, hmm. Can I quickly look up what my top 5 list was? Sure! Yeah, okay, cool. I'm pretty sure I- yeah, right. So, uh, my top game is Sunbreak, which makes sense. <laughs> uh, second- second place was Elden Ring. Yeah, deserving of second place. Better than Tiny Tina's Wonderland, better than Pokemon, better than Unbound, but not better than Sunbreak. Which, speaking of, uh, let me just quickly hit on that real quick. So, um, uh, Capcom, absolute based game champions that they are, continue giving us delicious free monthly content updates for Monster Hunter Sunbreak. Uh, and this month was no different. This month they added uh, Risen, Vals- Crimson Glow, Valstrax, and Valkana, the title monster of uh, Monster Underworld Iceborne. Uh, they, they obviously did a couple other bits and pieces, like there's like um, a level cap increase for some of the anomaly quest stuff and a bunch of other event quests and other bits and pieces. The other kind of, um, here's part of a content update type thing, but those are the two main things. So those are the two things I'll speak to. Um, Valkana fight, sick, loved it. Uh, I actually thought it was an easier fight than in world, and I think that just owes to the mobility of yeah, having a wire that makes bug. Sense. Because Valkana was really good about just putting ice absolutely everywhere in in uh, in world and being like a real pain to try and get out of the way of. Uh, whereas this, it it felt like a much more manageable fight, a very fair fight too, like telegraphed attacks. But if you got hit, you felt like an idiot, but you also took a lot of damage. It was like good. It was it was a good fight. I enjoyed the fight. Um. Crimson Glow, Risen Crimson Glow Valstrax. It, oh boy. <laughs> um, I got absolutely just smacked through, through a loop for the first one. Just um, thought I was going really well. And then it went into the I have now risen animation, which is it kind of leveling up once it gets to, I think, about half health. I'm sure there's a threshold when it gets to that stage, but um, got to that stage. And then it just decided, now I will try and then killed me three times. <laughs> Um, and so I, I had to put on my super big boy, um, mega diaper endgame gear, and, uh, then I managed to beat it, uh, only dying once, which, the fight is, it, it, I, I felt like I got away with a lot of hits where iframes saved me and perhaps they shouldn't have, in hindsight, because <laughs> the, the set that I run is very evasion iframe focused, and I think I still got lucky in a few places, so... Uh, definitely the hardest of the Risen um, uh, Elder Dragons that I fought, but Crimson Glow Valstrax is also just a strong fucking dragon. <laughs> so, no surprises there. Uh, the armor sets are 
sick. I am actually slightly disappointed with the Crimson Glove Valstrax one. Its main signature move is converting elemental resistance to elemental attack, which I, I think is good on paper, but it's not such an obvious I need this in my set like some of the other Risen or new monsters have been, so I'm sure there's some set that will abuse it, and maybe I just don't understand the mechanics of it, but sacrificing ele well, I think it's sacrificing elemental resistance rather than just it being transferred as well, but um, yeah, Sunbreak's still going very strong, just wanted to get my quick two cents on that one. You need to play uh, that, it's on Game Pass actually no, Rise is on Game Pass Sun Sunbreak is not uh, Do you think Sunbreak's well, a worthy addition? Like, if I do end up playing it no. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, so, so, so here, here's the thing though, right? So um, Sunbreak, like Iceborne, is not DLC to be enjoyed with the game. It is very much DLC in the classic sense of, I have finished the game, I want more. So uh, the yeah. good news is you can go through Monster Hunter Rise and you can get to the end of the story of Rise and go, this, this is me, this, I'm, go I'm good here. And you will never need to worry about dropping money on Sunbreak. You don't miss out on any of the extra stuff. I don't think. I, I think they did it that way. Um, similar to Iceborne. Like, it's a new area, Master Rank Quest, all, all that sort of stuff. It's yeah, all, and it's I, all separate. I didn't, I didn't get into Iceborne because, like, when I finished Monster Hunter World, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll put it down for a couple of days, see if I come back to get Iceborne, and I never did. Yeah, I, you never did. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and, that's, was, and that's fair. Yeah, and it's probably like more of... I wasn't necessarily burnt out with the game. It was like, okay, I, I've had enough. And if it's... Obviously, it's, you love the game and you can't get enough of that. Whereas I was like, you know what? Feel uh, Yeah. But at the same time, maybe I should have picked up Iceborne and been like, no, this is fucking sick. Who knows? I think the, so I think there's one, other, um, there's one other discussion point worth that in that uh, it's much easier to see with Iceborne because Rise already had a lot of this, like Rise to Sunbreak had a lot of the similar mechanics and they tightened a couple things up and I think they added the scroll system with Sunbreak. I don't quite remember. It's been too long. I played way too much Monster Hunter. I need help. But um, World to Iceborne specifically introduced the new uh, like grappling mechanic with like launching onto the side of a monster and, and slamming oh, it into yeah, walls. Oh yeah, I too, yeah. As, as well as a couple extra skills for each of the um, weapons. So, so it felt like it wasn't just more content, it was also, it fundamentally adjusted how you played the game. Sunbreak has less of that because, like, if you talk to Josh, Josh has Sunbreak, but does not use the scroll, the scroll swap system. That's and so insane to, be, to me, by to, the way, because the scroll swap system is such a game changer. It is, but the thing is, if you're used to playing Monster Hunter, I guess that's also true of Iceborne, that if you're used to playing Monster Hunter a certain way, the game doesn't force you into doing it. If you want to hamper your own ability, you can. Um, oh, actually, that was one other thing. Um, the Sunbreak update also introduced uh, full loadout. I don't remember what they called it, but it's basically you can now link up into a single loadout your armor set, your item set, and your switch skill set. So uh, it's all in one. Uh, it's really hard to describe. It's like one loadout, but that one loadout is now three different loadouts, like three different preset loadouts combined. Yeah. So. Uh, reasonably useful because I'm sort of a one-trick pony with a dual-blade endgame set that I'm running. Not super helpful for me, but I can definitely see it being really helpful when I want to swap, like, properly swap different weapons and need different items and other bits and pieces. Anyway, um, Sunbreak chat done. Uh, unless there's any questions from you guys, uh, we're, we're good to move on. Very cool. I'm glad you like it. I do. Thank you very much. Speaking of things I like, sometimes, actually, no, cut, uh, future Seth cut that out, but Seth, Seth Boy's Big Adventure. 
I will you not cut sex, that out because you. you uh, I'll cut that very specifically to, for you to say that you like sex. <laughs> I like big adventures. Come on, man. <laughs> actually, actually, you know what? Thinking about all the words that you could cut it to, I think sack is probably okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> there's, there's definitely there's definitely worse edits that could that could come out of that. There, there are, but I can't say them because I don't need a sectioned off splice of me saying that in one line. <laughs> Damn, he almost fell for my bait. <laughs> but yeah, Sackboy's Big Adventure. Um, that game was like a launch game for the PS5, came for, to PS4 as well. Um, on PC now, apparently has some issues on PC uh, with really bad stuttering issues. Um... Not sure if they fixed that up, but I'm glad I've played it on PS5 now because of those. Just kind of avoided those problems. But, um, it's a comfy game, I guess, is <laughs> the best way. To- <laughs> Comfortable is the best way to explain it, I guess, because it's not, it's not really hard to go through. Um, there's a couple of frustrating levels in the middle of the game, but overall it's just kind of like, this is a game for kids. Adults can play it because um, it's just kind of enjoyable if you like platformers. It does enough, like, checking the boxes to feel good and levels are decently designed. Um, and they do throw curveballs into having harder challenges in the game for people that are more experienced in platformers or just make kids sit there for months on end playing this game. Um, but yeah, um, I guess... The way that it's set out is that there's like, um, so you play a sack boy and the main crux of the game is that there's this, uh, I forgot the name of the villain. Why do I keep forgetting names of villains when I talk about games? Hold on one second. Okay. So the villain's name is, <laughs> the villain's name is Vex and he's just kind of, um, he's, uh, uh, kidnapping all of the sack people all across the universe and throwing them into slave labor. Interesting. He, he's making, like, a um, nightmare machine that will just destroy Craftworld and, like, ruin imagination for people all over the world. One of, one of those type of plots. Very, very kid-friendly. Um, Sackboy is the only one that manages to escape, and it's up to him um, to just kind of go through five worlds to get to Vex, like, uh, collect all these things called dream spheres throughout the levels and uh, um yeah just get to the end um dream spheres are what they use to kind of like gatekeep you through uh the game like you need to get a specific amount of them before you can move on to like the halfway point of the world map or then the um the final level of the that world map specifically so you got you kind of need to keep an eye out for them there's like usually like three to five depending on the stage length uh, per stage. Also, the game's very focused around doing co-op, at least at least two people. Like, this is... The closest contemporary to this game is um, Mario 3D World that was on the Wii U, where, um... But instead of, like, having a Mario, Luigi, Toad, and Peach, where every character has their own uh, special movement style, it's just everyone plays as a Sackboy that plays the exact same. It's just more... Um, there's specific challenges that require at least two, uh, players. Um, there'll be certain stages that are like, hey, these are specifically designed for two player levels. And there's a bunch of achievements in the game as well that are for, hey, um, do this with a partner. So they very much want to push towards like 
two people played it together, maybe like a parent and a child or siblings together. It's a very co-op friendly game. They do local, they do online as well. So it's easy to just pair up with people to play it. Co-op friends. Not yeah. co-op friends. Podcast friends is what I mean. Sorry. Man, I completely fucked that up. Never mind. Who is it? Who still needs to play It Takes Two? Still haven't discussed uh, that. Josh and I. We got halfway through it. I still need to play it as well. Actually, no, no. The problem was the problem was because I was playing my my laptop. My laptop didn't fucking like it, and there was like streaming issues. Even though I was plugged into the fucking router, even though it, I get it on Xbox and we'll talk. It, it, no, <laughs> doesn't have crossplay yet. Because uh, it, it's on Game Pass. Takes two. Good question. Uh, let me Google it. Um, it does not support crossplay, but it supports cross gen. Oh, it's that. It's that sort of crossplay. It's not crossplay. Yeah, it's hope. It, it is. Ah, well. But yeah, um, no, this the game. Like, it, there's not a lot to say about the game. It's more like it's it's a very comfortable platform experience to go through. Um, like I uh, like I said uh, before, like the middle segment of the game has some of the worst levels in the game, and if you can make it through that, then you're you'll get through the hump and um get to some of the more better design levels. What I do want to bring so, up, though... Yeah, worse, worse, worse how? Like, can you quickly elaborate? Like, just, like, boring or... Yeah, boring, like, weird level gimmicks. Um, not very boring levels in general. Gotcha. Some frustrating platforming elements, like, not... Not, like, in what you need to do, but, like, hey, get on this platform and you need to use motion controls to move the platform. Which thankfully they have a bunch of um accessibility options to let you change things like that. So like you can change it to instead of using motion control to use a right stick to move uh those sort of platforms. Um there's a Yoshi style flutter jump where you had to uh I think it's press X three times to activate it, but you can um you can change it to just go, hey, if I'm holding down the button after a jump or after a second jump, then it, um, just let me keep going through and activate it. There's also like tap the circle button to do a roll. You can change it to just, hey, let me hold down the circle button and do the roll instead. It just makes the game a little more comfortable to play doing those sort of accessibility changes. But yeah, um, the thing I wanted to bring up a second ago, something that's really fun in this level, is uh, in this game, is that every world has a level that's to the beat of a licensed song. Um, off the top of my head, the first one is the first one they do is Toxic by Britney Spears. And it's just like all the platforms, all the background characters, all the um level traps, they all move to the beat of the song and they're just really fun levels to see. And there's every now and then there's like checkpoints in the level where you go inside this uh, launch pad and it'll um shoot you out to the next section of the level. I'm sorry, did, did I did, did I just turn up for a sec? You're talking about Sackboy's Big Adventure or Hi-Fi Rush? Uh, yes. Sounds all the same, doesn't it? Seth does have his game. Yeah, when I, I do have a specific taste in games and what I enjoy. But yeah. It's um, licensed music. <laughs> <laughs> it is licensed music, yes. Give me Britney Spears and I'm in for a good time. Uh, yeah, so during the level transitions, they'll do like little set PC moments where you're not in control, but like a bunch of things are happening in the background to go along with the beat of the song. And... It's popping up with the lyrics and things like that. It's all it's all cute little fun things, and each world has their own one um, that matches uh, really well with it. And yeah, I think the uh, what I really want to touch on though is that um, 
in certain levels, you'll find these golden cubes that send you into a challenge level, which is just like, hey, there's this specific uh, trap set or this specific platforming challenge we want to do. Like, uh, every now and then, uh, platforms will rotate and you got to try and deal with that. Or um, you got to go across these uh, spinning, really thin platforms and on certain sections of them, there'll be spikes. So you just kind of got to avoid them. They're all time trials as well, so the better, the faster you clear them, the better you do. Um, individually, they're all fine. They're pretty fun to do. But there's one challenge at the very end of the game after you've done all 15 of them. Yeah, 15. Um, after you've done all 15 of them, there's one final challenge that's just, we're stitching all of them together. You, got, uh, you need to finish it uh, in two hits. No checkpoints, and uh, you've got. I think the gold time limit is ten minutes, which is pretty generous. Um, but yeah, doing it in those two hits over a bottomless pit the entire time, um, just back to back challenges. It it was not a fun time. It's one of the most frustrating platforming things I've done in a game, and was one of the things that tanks my score for this game. Um, and. Uh, something that I really hated is that on the PlayStation 5's home menu, it tells you specifically how many attempts it took you to finish that level. For me, it was 202 attempts. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, no, it's, it's no me fighting Malakath, but I mean, you know, I guess yeah, we all no, have our no, demons. Yeah. No, you fighting Malakath, but it, it's still, it, it was still a frustrating level to go through. Yeah, but, um, no, that's totally fair, especially like... When I think Sackboy's Big Adventure, I don't think 210 attempts at a single level type thing, you know? Yeah, no. It, it's like a harsh, like, drop, I guess, into a pit, um, where it's like, oh yeah, this is like, this is just a generally just fine game to play through, and then, oh boy, here's the cliff where I just fall off and land on my face every, every little jagged edge down the way. But no, overall it was, it's a fun game. Um, I, I'd recommend it if you can get it for cheap. I got it for like $69 on sale. Ah, good one. I, I think, I think $69 was worth it. Uh, maybe if you're not too into like the IP or platformers, maybe wait for it to go to like 30 or 40. But no, overall, I thought it was, it was fine. Um, don't. Did you wish, so this is a big, big metric that I'm going to start using right now. Do you wish you paid less for it? No, I, I'm fine with the with the price I paid for it. Mm. I, I think Get absolutely wrecked, Steve. I think seventy to eighty was the perfect amount on PSN right now. It's one hundred and ten dollars. I would have been very upset if I paid that much. Uh, okay. I, also, I have the, a question yes. in that. Uh, so, my favorite Little Big Planet game is still Little Big Planet Two. Uh, yes, hands down. You know, it's kind of for similar reasons as Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 2. I enjoyed the first one, but I saw what they, what they did with the second one, and it was just a step up in every way, and it was amazing. Um, one of the things that I enjoyed, uh, but didn't really appreciate at the time, um, I think we've had this discussion before, I am not a very creative person, and so the idea of a game being founded on, you can make whatever, you're, whatever comes to your imagination, uh, <laughs> did cool, not help me. I made me, a stick. But, yeah, exactly. But what I did really appreciate was that um, uh, it felt like, and I'm pretty sure it was true, all of the levels that you played through in Little Big Planet 2 
were things that you could go and then rebuild yourself in the level creator. Yeah, that's the but, same is true for Little Big Planet One and I think Three. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely One. I'm pretty sure Three, but Sackboy's Big Adventure as a game itself is slightly different in that it's got less of the creative focus. Is that there, right? There is no creative focus on this game. There's like no creator level feature. It's all just pre-built levels using like the craft world type of um skin to make it look like it's hand-built. Like, it's just paper crafts look all throughout the game. Um, so my yes, question it- is, is, like, I know why we can't go back to Old Little Big Planet because of all the server hacks and everything else, which fucking terribly sad, but also, Jesus Christ, guys, sort your security out. Um, but of the two different, I guess, formats, which one is, which one is more appealing, or alternatively, which one would you be happy buying if a new game came out? Now that you've sort of played both. I'd be happy with both, but my preference is for this more curated game where it's more of a 3D uh, adventure. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's just this is more up my alley. The older games are great. I absolutely love them. Um, If a new one was to ever come out, I would be really happy and uh, jump on that as well. But no, this this is this sort of um 3D platformer is more what I really enjoy, um, and I think they kind of may have moved on since they they're doing Dreams now. That yeah, that's, that's right. That's still, yeah. uh, that's still yeah. a thing that's going at the moment, and that's way more expanded than Little Big Planet is. So I kind of feel like Little Big Planet as a creator tool might be done and dusted. I mean, there's, yeah, there's so many, I agree. Like, yeah, um, I, I agree with you, Pat. I do not care for that kind of stuff. Like the idea of Mario Maker, literally, is like, oh, I do not want that. I want the game to be there. I do not want to make the game. It's also so hard well, to just find good created levels as well. Like going Mario Maker again, yeah. you go hit me with ten random levels, and the first one is some impossible challenge that the <laughs> that the creator is like, I hit a back door somewhere so I could clear it, and um. And throw it online just to make everyone else save. And then, the, uh, and, then, and then the second level is an auto scroller, but you die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of the third level is uh, the flag is right next to where you spawn. So I was like, yeah, yeah I won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the third yeah. level is just, I thought I'd take it easy on you after surviving the first two. Well, oh, oh. at the end of the day, so is the community still alive? Little Big Planet like, community? As far yeah, as sorry, I know, no. it's still pretty alive. People want to be Yeah, will yeah, you be contributing? There's just to that no community? way of doing the creative side of it because of the server hacks. Yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe that sort of answers my question then. You you would like to contribute, but you can't. Yeah, my contribution is playing a level, like giving it a thumbs up and going, "Good job," <laughs> and chilling it on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This level was so good. I I didn't I didn't hate it or quit immediately. Ten out of ten. Something that's really interesting about this game, though, is that it came out at the launch of the PS5, and they're still continually updating it with free cost, uh, costumes for Sackboy. Um, even as recently, that's cool. even as recently as um, the Uncharted games coming out on PC, to celebrate that, they put um, Nathan Drake and Chloe costumes into all the versions of the game. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. When God of War Ragnarok was coming out, they put Atreus and Kratos costumes in. So yeah, I was going to say, that, that, one, that one they probably didn't have to even work that hard for because, oh, I guess it's a different sort of Kratos, but I remember, being, I remember there being a Kratos Sackboy skin in Little Big Planet 
one or two because those are the only two that I played. But um, there was definitely a Kratos Sackboy outfit uh, in one of those games. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. They had they had them for a lot of PlayStation IPs. They even had them for like yeah. Shadow of the Colossus, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet Clank. That's right. Yeah, they all they, the good stuff. They did everything in the old games. Yeah, no. Um, like like I said, and keep repeating because I really don't have a lot to say about this game. It's just a comfortable, fun platforming game. If you avoid the side challenge that makes you pull your hair out, um. Overall, I want to give it an 8 out of 10, but living through that last challenge, I, I tank it down to a 6 out of 10. <laughs> like, some, well, some crimes yeah, cannot be forgiven. Eh, look, as long as you think you had a good time, <laughs> I think that's all that matters. I, I think I had a good time for, like, 99% of the game. I mean, it bumped it down to a 6, eh? Oh, well. Yeah. What one bad egg can ruin the entire thing? Just play Sunbreak. Easy, ten out of ten game. You're right. Oh, I'll get back yeah. onto that. As you should. Um. Right. Uh. Thank you for that, Seth. Uh. Is that is that everything? Are we we end of run lunch this week? I, I think we are. Yes. Um. I can make. I can sing into the microphone for twenty minutes if you like. You definitely don't. So uh. Don't don't need to. Nor should you ever do that. Um. Cool. Well, this uh-huh. means we come to the end of part one for this week and it means we get to move on to part two which is of course the news starting off with uh i'm not really even sure i was trying to give something funny to say uh about this one um people are unhappy with forspoken but not the reason you think <laughs> what for being <laughs> a bad game um yeah but people for existing okay so so there's like a weird subset of people right that not only enjoyed forspoken but they're upset at forspoken for reasons unrelated to the game itself um, listen, listen, I, Patrick, I gotta, I gotta let you in on a little secret. It's just one guy and his multiple fake accounts. <laughs> I'm shocked. Wait, 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 wait. Babylon's Fall guy? Is that you? No, no, no. This, this guy is way worse than Babylon's Fall guy. Babylon's Fall guy did it for a joke. This guy is serious. Well, mm. uh, this guy and all his fake accounts marched straight to the front doors of, uh, Luminous Productions and said, hey, you put an update out for a game that basically no one likes, but there are still a bunch of issues with the game. To which the internet replied, yes, the game itself is an issue. And he said, no, 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 performance specifically on the, on the PC version. And everyone went, weird take, but all right. <laughs> Wait, you want to play this game? <laughs> <laughs> Do you need help? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's the power of exclusives, I guess. If that's the exclusives that PlayStation's given out. Hmm. I mean, you can see what they're arguing. Two years of uh, uh, exclusivity on this game. Jesus Christ, you could have put that money somewhere else. Yeah. But I think they also helped develop the game. Like, they sent Hitmen. Code Hitmen. What? Oh. Uh, yeah, basically all there is to say about that. There was a patch that came out and everyone's like, oh, but the patch doesn't actually do anything. There's a bunch of glaring issues with the Steam version, which... Again, the internet said, yes, the game itself is an issue. <laughs> I, I also just want to quickly bring up that this, uh, this um, announcement was made five minutes after we ended last week's recording. And I, I, I was really upset and tried to demand that we get back on recording just to laugh at this game getting a patch. Unfortunately, uh, Stephen and Patrick didn't bite, so we have to do this now. Yeah, uh, it's true. I'll, it's true. I'll be honest with you, I, I don't. Any chance to laugh at Forspoken is a good time for me. 
That's true. Uh, and actually, there's something even better, which is that any chance to laugh at Seth is a good time for me. Uh, that's, the entire, that, that, that's the entire my segment of the podcast. Yes, but now we're in the uh, news section, which I guess is also y- usually mostly your segment. But uh, Dragon Ball The Breakers, the game that you bought for $80. Yes, yes. $80. Don't, don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't look at my- um, $80. Don't, don't look at my I... transaction history and find out that I bought it for $20 on a Christmas sale. Wait a minute. That's Dragon Ball Breakers. Wait a minute, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> what else have you been lying to us? Yeah. Um, um, anyway, uh, I refuse, season two. I refuse watches. to answer that out of out of uh, not wanting to re- reveal any other lies. Oh, I thought you were going to say incriminate yourself. In which case, Fifth Amendment, baby. But yeah, um, season two launching February sixteenth. Um, our resident ball breaker, <laughs> Seth. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It seems fun. Like so, the, the, like on a conceptual <laughs> level. Like you're not going to play it, but like you could see other people playing it. Yeah, like a hundred people. That's an oddly specific number, Seth. Why did you get that? Um, uh, our, our resident uh, uh, laugher at Seth here, Stephen, went and did the, did the <laughs> I research. I think you're all the resident laugher at Seth here. Let's, uh, yeah. let's be real honest. Um, so sure. I'm going to Dragon Ball Breakers Steam number. Oh, he's doing an update. He did this like 12 hours ago. Well, the, I don't know, but uh, the uh, general podcast does not have access to the group chat. Thank fucking God. Uh, we'd all go straight to jail. Do not pass go. Um, so to provide an update, uh, what's your guess? N- knowing what I got told you guys this morning, how many players do you think are playing right now? I think it's dropped down to 124 in the past, uh, like in the last whenever it updated. Well, you know what? I'm going to say it's dropped down to 125. Fuck you. 210 <laughs> players right now? Uh, 306 oh, players in a, yeah. There's 306 players in a 24-hour peak. To, to um, give a little the, more context, it was 158 when uh, Stephen sent it the first time. Yeah, well, when I posted it this morning, and whatever time that was for the rest of the world, um, it's very interesting. Uh, but at the same time, caveat: <laughs> this is only PC. It doesn't include uh, Xbox and PlayStation. It doesn't have crossplay either. So it's... it doesn't have crossplay. Right? It's probably even worse on those consoles. Yeah. Um, I could imagine the Switch community is probably <laughs> uh, has some Alive. people in there. Enough to have a game, maybe. Enough to not pull the servers immediately. Uh, Um, Look, yeah, so essentially what uh, Pat's trying to say is they're doing season two of Dragon Ball The Breakers, uh, and that's confirmed for February 16th. Um, Sorry, (laughs) Hang on, what? (laughs) What do you mean what I was trying to say? He he said all those things and then passed it off to me. This is what Pat's trying to say, and you literally said what I said. I forgot. The, um, the fun thing that they're doing is that they're adding Vegeta as uh, the big villain for the thing. But usually, the last uh, three characters they had were Freezer, Cell, and Boo, and they were all just go through their power-up versions, like start at their weakest, go to their strongest. For Vegeta, because they don't have that for Saiyan Saga Vegeta, what they've done is they've broken up into play as a Cyberman, play as a Nappa, then play as Vegeta, then play as a Great Ape. And I think that's a pretty fun way to do that. Like, Switching out the characters that you're playing as. It is pretty clever, I'll give him that. And it opens the door for them to go through, like, different characters doing that same thing. Like, they could do a Demon King Piccolo uh, patch where you go they never, they never will. That's a Dragon Ball. That's, yeah, no, they, they do not will. care for Dragon Ball. <laughs> they never will, but the hope is there. 
They could do something with like Captain Ginyu about him changing. Uh, yeah, bodies. they could. Uh, there's probably like a bunch of characters they can do. Um, but what will they do? Are they going to release this season, see how the player numbers jump up, uh, and then sort of be like, you know what? It's time to stop. If they manage to go to season three, it will last longer than Babylon's fall, so I hope they do. <laughs> eh. The, the, the bar is on the ground. All they have to do is step over it, but we'll see. Anyway, uh, next up on the list, uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is getting DLC. Wait, wait, sorry. Wrong, wrong article. Not funny Sonic Origins is getting DLC. Um, can someone explain how? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're... Wait, this is your article. Yeah, I, I know it's my article, but I don't know what they do. Like, what the fuck are you doing adding DLC to Mega Drive games? I guess what they'll do is they'll do the same thing that they did for Sonic Mania and add, like, two or three more playable characters and call it a day. Adding an open world section. Well, how about, how about you explain the article? It seems like you jumped a step. Because um, I got very lost. I'm like, which article are you talking about? Sonic Origins Plus got raided in Korea, which Plus is what they did for Sonic Mania when they got DLC. And uh, what Mania added with the DLC was two more characters and a kind of new game plus remix mode, but not really. It was just kind of play through all of the levels, but there's like a box that'll switch what character you're playing as. Yeah, I was going to say like a a 2D side-scrolling platformer. You can't new game plus, you you know. Gonna go faster? Yeah, they they kind of remix the stages a little bit, but not enough. So I guess they'll do the same thing for Sonic Origins, but it's so it's so off to me that these are Mega Drive games and it's getting DLC. It, this was already overpriced when it came out originally. I don't know what I don't know why they do this. But now it'll be so Money. overpriced it'll 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 like overflow and then it'll go back to being underpriced. You're a genius. It goes on sale or something. Underpriced. It's uh, it's Civilization Four with Gandhi and nukes all over again. Or is it five? Whatever, whatever the uh, with Gandhi. Four, I believe. Was it four? Yeah, I think it was four. Because I know that he's back in six, but he doesn't have the same issue with nukes. Anyway, um, yeah, we're weird times. We'll have to see have to see what they do with that. Uh, I I really don't want to do this next <laughs> one, guys. Uh, neither. Uh, I I will. I'll 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 uh fall on the sword because only because it's so fucking weird and because I'm sort of in the community I've been seeing the reaction to it um so oh man Steve just outed himself oh I should have said which community I can't believe you've watched this no no okay so uh, let me caveat this with saying that uh people that okay uh, comments like that Pat um you'll bring God's fury again into Auckland um (laughs) you're gonna lose your host privileges you better watch out You might lose your life privileges. Uh, so I, I think that VTubers um, as a concept are literally fucking waste of space. I don't fucking understand them. I'll, there, are, there are a couple of things I can sort of, I mean, okay, that's a bit weird, but I'll let you have it. I'll never fucking understand VTubers. I'll never fucking understand. Um, and for whatever so, reason. So there, there's, two, there's two ways I can explain this. On one hand, there's the, I don't want to be on camera, but I want a representation of myself to stream. Which, you know what, that's fair, that's fine. And then there's the other way where it's like Hololive and V Shoujo where they turn it into basically idol culture. And that, that's where it gets a little little weird. The whole thing's fucking weird. But anyway, enough about VTubers. We've spent too much time on So essentially what's happening is the upcoming uh, Like a Dragon game, which used to be called uh, the Yakuza series, 
a like a dragon ishin which is that one that, is, that takes place in the past um with the same sort of characters blah 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 they've got like weird um sort of trooper cards that do something to the game i'm not really sure exactly what they do i think it's um, a mini game it might be yeah, it might be some dumb. and they've got a couple of uh youtube streamers that have been put in the game as well i can't remember their names but people that have like helped stream the game in the west and have, uh the studio believes that it's contributed to the Like a Dragon series, sorry, the Yakuza series being popular in the West. But for some reason, they're adding uh, VTubers to this weird minigame thing. Niana uh, specifically. And I'm sure everybody at home knows who that is. I remember um, but- her for a specific 4chan video that spread that she's taken down because she's not proud of anymore. You know what? Let's uh, circle back after this. That might get cancelled. <laughs> um, but essentially just... In your mind's eye, picture an anime girl with pink hair and cat ears, and that's fucking it. Very generic, I know, but that's but she's been put in it. And the, from what I've seen in uh, the Yakuza community, is some people are thinking, "Oh, cool, this is really good. Like, who cares? Just uh, bring more popularity to it. Like, her fans will piggyback onto Yakuza. It'll be good." And then you've got other people that are like, "This is fucking ruining the game. Can't we just get back to punching people in the head and not deal with?" Fucking streamer bullshit. I got a message for those people. Yakuza was already full of Jav actresses in the games and they were in your face all the time. This is just the next step of human evolution. Okay. Uh, for the people at home that aren't uh, weeb degenerate, what does Jav stand for? <laughs> Japanese adult video. Yeah. Okay. And the, the extra context into that is there are uh, adult videos you can watch in the Yakuza series. Not just that, but they, they also model them and put them into sub-stories, so you actually interact with the actresses. Yes, and they're fully voiced, and it's very, very weird. Um, and, they also mm. go to marketing events in uh, Japan. Yeah, they're, they're very popular with the Yakuza thing. It's, it's weird, yeah, but anyway. They, they might have ties to the Yakuza over there, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Oh, we're going to jail. Um, but yeah, anyway, so they've got... VTubers in this game. Uh, the community is split. I fucking hate it. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, they've also got I, wrestlers in the game and stuff. It's just, it's just pop I culture think, stuff at this point. Yeah, I only hate it because I hate VTubers and I hate everything they stand for. My, my big but, issue is why is it Nianas? They should have gotten case on because... Shut up. She, she, she pushes the Yakuza st- series and has worked with them. I'm surprised they didn't actually get her involved. Like, her actually having a connection while also being a VTuber is, like, that, that's the part that uh, confuses me a little of, like, well, why didn't you reach out to her? She's worked with you guys before. Look, the game's not out yet. Let's see what it's done. But I um, hate it. But anyway, that's it. I'm getting, my, my blood's really, my piss is really starting to boil. <laughs> your, your gears are really being ground. I'm glad I put this article in live while we were recording the first half. I hate you. You a VTuber? No, not yet. Not yet. Anyway, next article, Patrick. Uh, thank you, thank you for that uh, report live in the field. Uh, Steve, back to back to you, Ali. Um, <laughs> it's gonna rain. Up. He's in Auckland. <laughs> it's raining sideways. <laughs> Which actually in New legs. Zealand isn't isn't. <laughs> isn't <laughs> him underwater. Don't motorboat. Yeah. No, it's him. Okay, that. Uh, well. Uh, anyway, <laughs> trying to think about a segue out of that. I gave up. Uh, next up on the list, uh, we have a uh, surprise, um, uh, like Super Mario 
like go, going back to basics, uh, like ad, but it, I, how do you describe this? It's promotional material for the Super Mario film, but it's based on like old media. Old media um, and their plumbing job. Yeah, the plumbing job. And I think that's such like a niche reference as well, because a lot of the people that probably get that reference aren't probably the who the the movie's going to appeal to like people that watched that Mario live action movie very old now probably oh, it's not even for the live action movie this was for the super show which was, was an animated was a, show in oh, the 80s was oh the yeah. 80s even fucking hell like Whew. 89 so late 80s to early 90s in fact they, it's it's so ingrained with that by the way that People are speculating that the um, voice actress for the um, the woman in this was Peach's voice actress for the Super Show. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, is that uh, apparently she got, she gets a cameo in this? Yeah, um, we don't know no, for sure, th- but that's where oh, people okay. are people are speculating that. Right. Uh, we we don't get uh, Jack Black or Seth Rogen, so I mean, kind of a waste of time, really. But it's it's a cute ad <clears> though, and. I, I think that the reason they show this is pr- pr- probably because this, this is something that will start, like, the tone of the movie. I was really hoping i get more of a bait response to that, but, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, uh, yeah, my, my confusion is kind of where, where Steve was at, which is that it's pretty clear that the Super Mario movie is being marketed towards a younger generation, but this ad, there, there will be very little overlap between who I'm assuming the target demographic for the Super Mario movie will be and the people that will understand where this ad is from. I, I think their target audience at this point is, do you know Super Mario? <laughs> do you know the man in the red hat? <laughs> so Something also fun, though, is that the, um, the phone number and the website at the end of this ad do work. If you call oh, the really? phone number, you get like a um, pre-recorded message from Luigi. And if you go to the website, it's got some user reviews and some career page stuff. It's... It's pretty it's, funny. It's actually pretty intricately done to the point where I think they were actually sending spam messages to people with the, <laughs> if you don't want to receive this uh, text message, hit stop. That's so good. Um, on an unrelated note, I'm getting... <laughs> I'm going to try and make a joke about, like, I was trying to think of what, what they would send uh, in terms of unsolicited, like, plumbing quotes. Nah, doesn't really work. Free pipe checks. Unrelated. <laughs> Great use reviews about their pipe checks. Oh boy. I'd let um, him pipe me. Et cetera, et cetera. Okay, okay. Just I, I just, just really want to I, I want to hit this real quick. Um their testimonials on their <laughs> websites. Brooklyn couple gives them two out of five stars. Spike, their former boss, gives them one out of five stars. And their mother gives them five out of five stars. <laughs> what does Rotten Tomatoes give them? Rotten Tomatoes hasn't rated them yet. Ooh. Movie comes out soon. Certifiably fresh. Uh, yeah, is it April, I think? When yeah, it's out? April. Yeah. April the what? Fourth? Wrong six. It comes out on my birthday. I've said this. Fucking hell, guys. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a horrible friend and wants to let uh, Patrick friend. take the ball. I'll, I'll, I barely I'll podcast. You, Steve. Give, give, me, give me your address and I'll send a gift to you. All right. Cool. So you can is send it, just it some to <laughs> the bottle of water. Yeah, but I've been in it. So, you know, based on how Ooh. Belle Delphine was able to market it, I'm assuming we'll get some sort of similar return. Get something. Mm, you might be on something there, Pat. Smoke them if you got them. Anyway, uh, next up in the list. What do we have? What do we have? What do we have? I'm trying to find the next tab. God damn it. I've lost it. There we go. God damn it. What? Where the fuck do you find these articles, Seth? 
by going on PC Gamer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's not very PC of you, but I'll let you read the next one out. All right. So I've written it down as The Witcher 3 invented Vagina 2.0 and they're now removing them. Stephen elaborates. <laughs> okay, so actually I read this article this morning, so it's very funny. So for some reason, um, during the, in, the recent upgraded edition of The Witcher 3, uh, CD Projekt was like, you know what's funny? Detailed vaginas. Um, and put that into the game, um, which is pretty funny. Um, and, and now they're being told, actually, wait, that's not very funny. People kind of don't like that. It's, it's just a bit more confronting than what people want. There's probably a layer it's, of... It's, it's a little more detailed than most people will see. Yeah, and it's, it's specifically about three characters um, in... There's, like, one uh, sort of quest where you're doing for those old crones. And, like, when they're in their younger bodies, like, they're fully nude and usually you can just see tits. And it's like, yeah, cool, tits are okay. Um, but now what they've done is, like, they've uh, fully modelled it. Like, it's, it's not like... Uh, I can't describe it in a way. Uh, if you, it, Google um, Witcher 3 uh, detailed vaginas. Um, and then <laughs> I w- so make I sure safe search is turned on. So it, the one time I'll say, say, turn safe search on. And you can see the difference. It puts... Uh, a bit more detail into it. They no longer look like dolls. They actually look like women, which is a weird thing to say. Um, but it's just very weird how it was put in. They, they've also put out a statement saying that the textures in question are an unintended result present in the release of this version of the game, and it's something they're working on addressing. Yeah, and they're, they're taking it out. Um, I don't think it's unintended for someone to make textures and models that intricate and getting it into the game. That well, is very intentional. Yeah, and there's discussion about um, some modders in the community, um, in the degenerate parts of the community, like, hey, I'd, those might be those from these degenerate sex mods, and they're trying to do comparisons and contrasts about that, um, <laughs> which is, man, oh, really. Is, whoa, man. Next-gen vagina comparisons. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you, if you much as I want to look up nude girls with their lads on a call um, <laughs> while live. If, it's, um, not, if can... it's not reviewed by Linus Tech Tips, I do not care. Essentially, yeah. It, All right, it's, let's it's see very... what Linus has to say about these detailed vaginas. It, it's very weird. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those niche parts. That it's like, okay, The Witcher 3 does have a next-gen update, and every time I read something in an article like this, I'm like, you know what? I want to go back to The Witcher 3. Not specifically for these detailed vaginas. That's just an added bonus. Um, I'm glad you went there. <laughs> I said it before you guys. Oh boy, that's uh, another email. You know what? I think it's time to move on. Uh, actually, no. This is a me article. This is a me article. Um, so there are rumors floating around. Um, that Game Pass is going to get better or worse. Debate. Okay, you just want to say the story, Seth. That's fine. <laughs> want to jump in there? No, no, no. I just had to pose <laughs> no, a question. No, no, no. Come on, man. You, you jumped in there. I, I have to Wait. pose a question, Stephen. Do you, when when you get to this article, do you think it'll improve or detracts from Game Pass's overall value? Well, let me actually explain what it is before no. I talk about. Okay, so um, overall, always <laughs> it's a yes or no that. question, my guy. <laughs> so, so essentially, yes. So essentially, what is rumored to be going? This isn't confirmed yet. This is just a bunch of uh, people on Twitter. Um, and Microsoft insiders yes, the, uh, the most leaking source of news, the most trusted of uh, uh, news outlets for us. Yeah, it's, true. 
is there a rumor that Ubisoft Plus will be coming to Game Pass? And as I'm probably we're all aware because we all love Ubisoft games here, Ubisoft Plus is uh, the service that Ubisoft is um, expecting to release in the, in the middle of this year, I believe. I and believe it it's have... already out because you can. Oh uh, shit! It's it's twenty dollars a month over here. Fuck! And you oh, get, shit, I didn't you get over a hundred games. It's only on PC at the moment. So maybe the middle of the year thing is letting it come to consoles. Or, or maybe I just made middle of the year up because I didn't do it out. So essentially, it is, it's essentially Ubisoft Game Pass. Like every game that Ubisoft has uh, published or made or something. And their DLCs. Um, are the DLCs in there? Yeah. You, you oh, just get all the content for their games. Very interesting. And for, for $20 a month, it's actually not too bad, um, considering the amount of games on their platform. With a heavy caveat is that uh, Ubisoft games are pretty much very cookie cutter. Like if you've played Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla are very much the same. If you played Far Cry 6, all the other Far Cries are made redundant. Um, if you played The Crew 2, God have mercy on yourself. If you played Trials, um, you've played every single Trials game. Yeah, so realistically it says there's 60 games here. Realistically, probably... Ten of them are probably worth people's time because they're not uh, sequels to another series that's exactly the same. Uh, and of those ten games, there's probably only a half of that that are actually good. Yeah. For, for my you, two cents, Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, totally worth spending $20 for a month and playing both of those back-to-back. Uh, you could get those a lot cheaper on sales and own you, them forever. You could, yeah. Um, significantly. I think I paid $4. Uh, but yeah, which is, it's, is it a good thing? Yeah, sure. But there are so many games out there that if you're interested in a Far Cry 6, pay $20 a month for it, and then that'll be fine. Like, it is out on the NPC. The rumors are saying that it's going to come to Game Pass. Um, that'll be pretty sick if it does. Like, we Xbox have seen. Game Pass specifically, which means it'd have to be coming to the console version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there might be like some weird integration with PC. Like, you might have to play the games with the Xbox launcher or something. Yeah. Got it through that way, which. Could be interesting. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much I care about it, but... It might be interesting depending on if there's a big Ubisoft game and you have Game Pass. I don't think you'd get Game Pass specifically for the Ubisoft Plus stuff. No, definitely not. It, 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 realistically, like, every now and then I'll get, like, the itch to play Assassin's Creed or Far Cry. Like, I haven't played those games in fucking ages. Yeah, sometimes you just want to eat uh, oh, yeah, video no, game junk food. Yeah, the edge, of course. You both, what, what's going on? What'd you say, Pat? Yeah, like you haven't played either of them in ages, but of course you get the itch every now and then. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I, I remember playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. You, you don't Odyssey actually want to do anything about it because you realize you'd be playing an Assassin's Creed or a Far Cry game, but you get the itch. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, that'd be all right. Like a Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, you know I really I need to get that Far Cry 6 DLC. You know, we literally have just been shitting on um, Ubisoft for a while. I know, but minute. I did enjoy Far Cry 6 and I was playing at co-op, which adds to the enjoyment. Um, eh, okay. And the DLC seems interesting enough. I, I appreciate when DLC is like this weird random thing, like Blood Dragon was Far Cry 3. Nah. Oh, I, well, yeah, I won't play another Ubisoft game for five years after I'm done. Yeah, they definitely, <laughs> definitely are. Uh, make the same game. They're on their way out, maybe. They're, they're, in, they're in dire straits right now. If only anyone could have seen the idea of making the same game year after year would have been bad for business eventually. Well, don't, shocked, don't, don't forget though, those, those when Assassin's Creed was yearly, like with Assassin's Creed Two, Revelations, Brotherhood, they three and that four, Brotherhood. 
Yeah, no, they, 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 went, they, they went yearly and they peaked with the second game in their yearly release schedule. Yeah. But that was before people caught on and were like, wait a minute, this is the same game. So it probably did make my boatload of money very little work for, for a little bit of time. It, it really helps when there was like two to three years between Assassin's Creed 1 and Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah. But at the same time, FIFA releases yearly, NBA releases yearly. Those games do all right. Wait, does FIFA release yearly now? Aren't they uh, well, no, not this year. Like they've lost the... Yeah, EA lost, EA the, lost license. the license. That's uh, so funny still. Apparently but I wonder how much it's going to affect EA's revenue this year. Uh, the rumours are that they have to pay $500 million to like, and I just think it's just the Premier League <laughs> to use their likeness and whatever they're doing. But <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, that's the rumour. Like, it's... I'd, I'd, I'd feel bad and actually support EA if I knew that them getting the license wouldn't immediately turn back into, let's play Ultimate FIFA or whatever the... The, <laughs> the card thing they do, yeah. Box. Yeah, God. Or, you know, just buy their games in general, expecting nice things, and then a week later a news article comes out saying that they can't a Titanfall sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if EA wasn't and the you, worst you, place You know what? I'm pretty sure it was Nintendo that can Battle Frontier, but I'll, I'll, I'll blame EA for that too. Hmm. Might be honest on something. All I'm saying is EA's been real quiet since Battle Frontier was cancelled. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, next up on the list, good old Bobby Kotick. Back at it again with them vans. Love, love this, uh, love this perfect one on the diversity scale. <laughs> Isn't he Jewish? Uh, Are you an anti-Semite? Um, I don't know. I thought does does being Jewish add score to the Blizzard diversity scale? And he's got like forty chin, big fella. <laughs> um, the fuck are you saying about Jewish people and chin, Steve? Where did that no, come that was, from? No, that, that was a personal attack at him. Um, <laughs> that was <the> best. <laughs> Don't get confused. I'm not an anti-Semite. That was just a personal attack. Yeah. Um, Do September every a, day of the year. Was it a physical or a special attack, Steve? Uh, both. Um, <laughs> you can't be both. both. They, they did I, I feel like I, I feel I feel like Bobby Kotick has got very high special defense, but very low physical defense. Yeah, no, it doesn't say. I don't know. I feel say. like it's the opposite. I think he could take a punch, but he wouldn't be. He wouldn't take being set on fire very well. Oh, I'm I'm thinking more like special defense in terms of he's got like lawyers. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. He he's got people to take the fire for him. Yeah, <laughs> it's still fire with you, eh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, good. Um. Anyway, he um. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You're right. He is weak to physical attacks because he needs that golden parachute. True. Anyway, anyway. Uh, what's the article, Steph? What, what, are we, what are we doing? Are we just shitting on him? I'm, I'm happy to shit on him for like the next five minutes. Yeah, no, we're just shitting <laughs> on him. There's no specific reason we're shitting on him. There's not even an article. We're just shitting on Bobby Kotick. Wait a minute, this news docket is blank. If you look at the news docket, it just says shit on Bobby Kotick for five minutes. Yeah, and then it, and then it says look at camera Jim Helper moment. That's, that's interesting. Uh, let me mark it. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that every so often one of my bits just becomes more work for Seth. <laughs> They're good bits, and that's what's the problem with them. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, do, do, do you actually, I mean, I, for some reason, Steve threw it to Seth. I was reading it, Steve threw it to Seth, but it's a Microsoft, like, discussion point, so I think Steve- It, it puts one. Microsoft in a negative light. I think it more puts Bobby Kotick specifically in a negative light. It's just the Microsoft deal is the um the backbone of it. 
But yeah, so what I, I'm just going with the the article title on this one because I don't think it needs much more explanation. But um, Bobby Kotick said to European regulators that if they try to block the Microsoft deal, then instead of becoming the next Silicon Valley, Britain will become the technical death valley of the world. Very funny take. Very rogue take. Very, very threatening take. And <laughs> in response to that, the UK regulator said, hold on, maybe we shouldn't let this Activision merger go through. Yeah, it's... What, what possible optics would you have where it's like, I'm trying to push this absolute gargantuan deal through, and I'm going to shit on the regulators that are in charge of that. This can only go well for me. Bobby Kotick, probably, circa 2023 colorized. Yeah, so, after, after, like, basically directly after that happens, the UK's CMA, which, for anyone that doesn't know, stands for Competition and Markets Authority, um, they, they decide that, no, we're going to try and investigate this deal, block it for now. Um, an article came out saying that there's going to be a hearing in April, I believe, um, for Microsoft to make their case. But a shitload of um of documents came out from this uh, uh this blockage, um, a lot of things about like the negative side of Microsoft's Xbox division and how Game Pass has been eating into game sales. Which you don't need to be you don't need to be very smart to realize if you're giving games away for five dollars a month, people aren't going to buy games on release. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, 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 how about the after they leave Game Pass, eh? I bought Dragon Quest, remember? You, you did, but um, I believe the article- Yeah, and that was with a gun to your head. The document specifically said that Game Pass hurts game sales on Xbox for up to a year after the game comes out. Yeah, okay, but what happens after it, Robert? Then, then maybe they, they sell. Yeah, maybe. they just start selling really well, like crazy well. You have no idea. They they sell the same amount that a new release usually sells twelve months after it's come out. So like maybe five units every couple of days. Do we have anything more? Or no, not really. It's just like it's it, it's uh, it's gotten to that point where it's like no people are actually starting to step up and block this merger. Like it, it's for the past like. I don't know, four to six months, it's just been, oh, maybe this uh, this place will block it, or may- maybe there's a lot of, like, talks or investigation, but no one's really making a move. And it's like, no, now it's actually going through. People are stepping in and putting putting the nails into Activision and Microsoft about it. Whether it goes through or not is still up for debate. Um, but, yeah, now now it's looking like it's less likely. It's, it's almost like we should be really wary about a company purchasing another company for $70 billion. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal. You've got to look into and those things. The, also on the back of Microsoft just dumping employees left and right. Oh, but- oh, oh, oh I, sorry. I just quickly wanted to add in at the very end of this. Um, the CMA also said that they're okay with the deal going through if... Um, if Activision Blizzard does one of the following things, they can either split off Call of Duty and all of the studios that make Call of Duty into their own independent company that doesn't get merged into Microsoft, take out all of Activision from the merger, so Microsoft only gets Blizzard and King. It's so fun, but King is where they make all their money through Candy Crush. Or 
um, Microsoft just gets kink. They don't get Activision or Blizzard. And since the beginning of this deal has been happening, uh, Microsoft has been saying, like, the biggest thing that they want from this is King. They only care about King. I'm pretty sure mm. Josh, at multiple points of this podcast, has argued they only care about King. Um, and it's weird that there's all this focus on Call of Duty, which I agreed on as well. It's weird that there's a lot of focus on Call of Duty, but that's also kind of Activision's biggest thing in that, like, specific section of the free companies. So... Microsoft has a chance to put their money where their mouth is and just go, yeah, okay, for $70 billion, we'll just buy King. Um, but immediately after the CMA blocked it, Phil Spencer came out and went, no, 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 we, we, we've got this 10-year deal going with these other places and we're trying to push this 10-year deal with Sony. Let, let, let us keep Call of Duty and go with that 10-year deal that Sony isn't accepting. But um, the CMA stance on that was like, no, we're not accepting those type of deals because the contracts heavily is heavily in favor of Microsoft and it can be adjusted after the deal goes through where it becomes a worse deal for the other companies than it does for Microsoft. You know what? Just give every game out on Game Pass. There, I said it. <laughs> no games ever sell. I think, I think it would have been way funnier if you'd started that whole sequence where the CMA came out and said that they, they will let the deal go through, but Phil Spencer needs to give each of them an Xbox. <laughs> He needs to give everyone on the planet an Xbox. <laughs> you know what? He pretty much did with the 360 Ring of Death thing. Uh-huh. It's like uh, Xbox gonorrhea. <laughs> I regret saying that. Can we move on? Listen, if you didn't go through five Xbox 360s in the first two years of its life cycle, did you really have an Xbox 360? I did. Mum's fine. I never got ring red, red ringed. Kills uh, a skill issue, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Uh, following on from that, after the CMA made that um, big claim, uh, Bobby Kotick came back around and said, hey, so Sony isn't returning any of our calls. We're trying to call them to, like, make deals work, but they, they won't pick up the phone. Why, why, why won't they call us? They're busy. Baby come back. <laughs> also, um, <laughs> in, in this article, Lulu Chenk, who's a high up at Activision, has her entire Twitter history getting posted of, like, Hey. Oh god, this thing! <laughs> hey, FTC, look, have you seen that Last of Us show that's going on right now? Hey, that that's a pretty big deal, right? It's it's doing really well. But yeah, that's a Sony-owned property, so I think because Sony's doing really well with the Last of Us HBO show, we should be allowed to buy Activision Blizzard. I completely forgot about that. Thank you for bringing I, that up. I again. wish I forgot about that. That's oh. it, it is the most, the most brain dead take. <laughs> it's the most silenced brand. Like literally, we're. <laughs> Wearing a like a shill necklace and being like, "Hey, you know what? Hello, fellow kids. You know what's cool? Me. Um, <laughs> My it's it's one of the few times where I would almost feel bad dunking uh, on someone that is just on such a clearly different like plane of existence below like <laughs> normal like the, living. Yeah, I exactly. Got, <laughs> I hope she got paid at least for working overtime on that. <laughs> I wonder if she thought that was a good idea, or if someone messaged her and was like, "You know what would be funny." Yeah, no, no, no. It's just, it's like, it's like late at night. She's like, I could, I could run this through like, uh, any, I, I could, I could have any other human being look at this and tell me no, <laughs> or I could just send it and see what happens. Boy, did, did shit happen when she showed that. Um, my, my response Behind to her take though is that, hey, you, you see that Sony game that just came out called Forspoken that had like super AAA money thrown into it? And and how that's kind of bombing while you guys dropped Hi-Fi Rush out of nowhere and it outsold Forspoken at half the price. 
Yeah. Kind of weird. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to get Activision Blizzard out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> Let the boys play. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just sort of, it's one of those moments where you're like, how did this happen? <laughs> like, multiple, multiple things had to happen for us to arrive at this position, and I'm concerned that every one of those steps had to, had to happen. You know, I'm, I think I'm agreeing with Steven. Uh, the only way this merger ends is if um, Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer get into a gladiatorial death battle. No, they're gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Does Bobby Kotick watch or not? Uh, I think he legally has to. Or as, he, as, as who he is, he, he will. Bobby Kotick, um, has, Bobby Kotick at the end is the guy that gives a thumbs up or thumbs down. <laughs> oh. While holding a camera. Yeah. Cry. <laughs> Shake. Literally shaking right now. Oh, Copilot, you'll be fine. All right. Um, round, rounding out this, this intense, this is going too long segment. Um, yeah. So we've got a list of, for you. Part you of guys the, like lists. <laughs> part of the FTC court filing is Sony accusing Microsoft of obvious harassment oh, in their court part. case. Um, they they they're saying things like um Microsoft hasn't given them enough time, of, like enough time to reach a deadline for all the um documents that they need to gather because they're asking for like the past decade plus of documents regarding sales histories, um, people that work at the company, and customer information and customer personal data. So that, Good. <laughs> that, um, that, that seems a little much. So it seems like um, the FTC's agreed with Sony and it's uh, gone down to, hey, you're just going to get these documents of these specific figureheads like Jim Ryan, um, Herman Holst, and a few other high up people at uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment and it's only going to be uh, documents from 2019 to 2023. Neat. Right. Uh, uh, let's, let's go live to our local Xbox fanboy. Steve, your no, take I on this. Uh, look, it just seems Josh, like... was I? Oh, I'm over talking about it. I just want the deal to be over. I'm sick of this. <laughs> no, the, they won't let me have it. No, uh, we need it to live. Just make the decision. I don't care. Um, but maybe Sony has bad record keeping. That's why they're not supplying it. I don't know. They 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 had to they had to try and get information from before they were hacks, and it's it's just not ah. looking good for them. Like those documents of them giving away like five million free copies of Infamous Two, not that great. Like that's probably going to tilt the fa- the tilt the court in Microsoft's favor. Yeah, like I'm I'm over it. But Infamous Two just, was just one drop. of those free games, wasn't it? I don't I know. think so. They, they should just drop the interview too and have North Korea hack them again. Interview, you know what? Dude. North Korea should just hack the entire FTC and make, make the decision for them. You know what? No, I think what we really need in this time of crisis is the Soldier Boy console. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let, let's get that back. Yeah. We were so close to world peace and here we are. <laughs> Between that, the, uh, the the KFC gamers bucket, and uh, what was what was the one that you could plug into your TV? The Ouya. The Ouya. That's right. Well, you you can plug any console into your TV. <laughs> okay. I, I'd say that's how you play them, Pat. Do you guys not have bones? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa um, uh, we're not playing Diablo Immortal now, are we? I'm not going to plug an Xbox into my phone. We're fucking overkill. 
How would I get, get a HDMI to USB-C? Get HDMI to USB-C or something. How fucking atrocious. HDMI to shove it up your ass. Anyway, um, finally, <laughs> on the list of news for this week, uh, we, we have Nintendo Direct. No, no. <laughs> Seth, 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 buddy. We've been through this. You can't. Remember what the lawyers said? It's <laughs> not using, a list episode. L- yeah, using the L word. <laughs> Love? Uh, uh, what was that? L- the L word? That show? That lesbian show? What? There was that TV show. The L word. You know what? Doesn't matter. Everybody you, go home and Google the, the L word. The, the F word with Gordon Ramsay. Nope. The L word. It was a TV show that went from 2004 to 2008. I'm on a TV. Anyway, anyway, we're getting off track. We're getting off topic. The list. This. Talk to, talk no, to, talk about. Fuck you, you said it again. You're going to set yeah, them off. I did. That's what he sounds like, right? <laughs> But I'm not um, saying anything. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Direct put out a lot of trailers. Uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. I care very little about most or all of these. So uh, does anyone else want to talk through any that they found interesting? Um, I'll talk about the two things that I care about. Yeah, I'll let um, Stephen go first because I've got a lot I care about here. Yeah. Hmm. Um, most myself. of them I'll summarize in one learn sentence. To, learn to let go. No. Uh, Metroid Prime Remastered, very keen for. Um, Beast. And Game Boy for Switch Online. Uh, You heard it here first. Um, I think the Nintendo Switch Online is supposed to be bringing Pokemon Stadiums 1 and 2 to the uh, the Nintendo Online in the next couple of months. Uh, When those get released, uh, Pokemon Stadium games are already on there. They are not. Or is it just Snap? uh, Just Snap at this current stage. Okay. well, not but uh, in the Pokemon TCG game game is coming from Game Boy. Um, the the list of Game Boy and Game Boy Color games is pretty average, to be honest. Um, Everyone, you you and Josh both said that, but I thought it was a pretty good list. But that's also because they kind of hit like specifically in my taste ballpark. Yeah, yeah, they did, and they they hit all the the death nostalgia. because I'm not even nostalgic for half of them. Well, then you're not gonna play them. Old game bad, remember? Old game bad. Um, but yeah, that, but those are my two cheap, things. So old game good. Um, no, not ooh, Nintendo old on. games. Ooh. Nintendo old games are expensive as fuck. It's always correct to pirate. Um, but yeah, they, they also <laughs> did release a new ta- trailer for Tears of the Kingdom um, that really does look like a DLC for Breath of the Wild, uh, but we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, but, also but interesting, Steve, as we reported it's, it's last literally week, literally more expensive than the base game. Yeah, I was just about to say that they're increasing the price to seventy dollars, and that everyone was like, "Oh, that's because it'll be next gen and it'll be on the Switch." No, it wasn't announced in this Switch. Listen, I mean, we're just going to call out it's, my copium, then just just shoot me right in the tank. There is no <laughs> Switch; it doesn't exist. If you're if you surprise surprise midnight drop, Hi-Fi Rush Round Two, but it's the Switch. Let's go. Annoying Nintendo that. Well, that's what they did with that the Metroid Prime remaster. That was like, oh yeah, cool. You guys want this? Get it right now. Um, and it's cheap. So it wouldn't, be, <laughs> it, it wouldn't be surprising if they were like, hey, cool. Here's a direct in two days. Oh yeah, uh, Switch is coming out tomorrow. Pre-order now, and then <laughs> no, sweet, a massive rush occurs. Yeah, <laughs> it's out yesterday actually. Uh, and there's like three consoles in we, the entire we his- world. We historically have other. proof of that going really badly with Sega dropping the Sega Saturn. Is that how they did that? They, I don't know. They, never they announced that E3 saying it was available right now, and retailers were like, 
well, what the fuck? We don't we don't have stock of them. And it, <laughs> it is, it's one of the worst decisions Sega of America ever made. And it was one of the reasons why they went financially disastrous. But, but Seth, the opposite is also true, where Sony said, hey, the PlayStation 5 is coming out in a while. You know, feel free to put it put in your orders now. And the retailers said, what the fuck? We don't have stock. So pick <laughs> and one. Then, and, then, and then PlayStation like, said, oh, the fuck? We still don't have stock. Yeah, and PlayStation is <laughs> like, well, we're not making it anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. So there was no Switch. Right. I've said what I'm keen for. What are you keen and for? Then, and then Microsoft comes out and says, uh, hey, the next Xbox is coming out. Uh, all you need to do is lobby the FTC to let us buy Activision Blizzard King. <laughs> All right. First, <laughs> Microsoft is buying Activision. Uh, Microsoft is buying Nintendo. You heard it. Yo, the crossover we've all been waiting for. Uh, yep, there's a release date. Okay, so first up, Pikmin 4 coming out the 21st of July this year. Keen, not keen enough to get it on launch, but I do like the Pikmin games. They're adding a two-legged dog creature that looks hideous, but I kind of love it. Um. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 showed off a little bit of its story expansion. They made Drex into a chat. He's, uh, he's holding two of his three wives. He, he's learned how to dual wield his wives. I have concerns with that sentence, but move well, on. He's not, he's not wrong. Um, so essentially, two of his wives can turn into swords. Um, and he's, he, you know, he canonically, canonically has like three wives. I've seen wives. videos like this before. Uh, um, but yeah. Yeah, and the DLC also shows that there's going to be, like, a big crossover between all three of the Xenoblade games. Like, characters from all three of them are going to show up. Man, Xenoblade X fans really got it rough, don't they? Everybody is here. Everybody except for Xenoblade X. Um, Dead Cells showed off what the Castlevania DLC is going to look like. It kind of looks like a Symphony of the Night-style game. Like, maybe it'll still have roguelike elements, but this is looking... um, like very Castlevania-ish, and it it honestly looks fantastic. Like a lot of the sprite work is great. A lot of the um, just the Dead Cells gameplay seems to work really well with um Castlevania. So I'm excited for that. Mm. Uh, next up was Ghost Trick. I um the people that made Ace Attorney made Ghost Trick. I've heard nothing but great things about this, so I'm excited to join in the Ghost Trick. Uh, fandom when this game game comes out um i'm glad there's a way for me to buy the game and check it out for myself um i don't know if we talked about this at some point but level five the development studio pulled out of um pulled like shut down their american branch and now they recently came out and said you know what, we're going to expand into the recent globalization of video games and go back into that market. And that was a really weird phrase, but it seems like they're just deciding, no, we're going to start trying to be alive again. And they announced three games at this Nintendo Directs. The first one was um, Decca Police, which is a turn-based RPG where you're playing a detective. Um, looks, looks pretty interesting. I'll keep an eye out on that one. Second one was Fantasy Life, which is a kind of Animal Crossing style game, but also mixed with JRPG stuff. Um, not as keen on that one. And the last one was <laughs> Professor. <laughs> the last one. <laughs> not that one. It's not my type of thing, but it, it'll hit a specific audience. But I, I just thought it was worth bringing up all three games they announced. 
Um, the last one was Professor Layton, which is a really beloved uh, puzzle series. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye out, uh, eye out on that one because I want to give the Profes uh, Professor Layton series a um, good try. Uh, they showed off uh, gameplay for Bayonetta Origins. It looks pretty neat. I don't know if I'm getting it at launch because apparently this is going to be a full-priced game when it comes out on the store. And yeah, I don't think, it, to me personally, it doesn't look like it's worth the full-price tag. Um, full-price tag is in 70 Fusto Raz. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh! Um, the Etrian Odyssey Origins Collection got announced. They bundled the first three Etrian Odyssey games together. Uh, their pricing scheme is really fucked. Uh, I think it's something like they were um, 30, $30 US dollars each on their own or 80 for the entire collection together. And that's kind of insane for this game, these three games. I don't think anyone thinks it's worth that much money. Um, Nintendo announces a... Uh, when they're going to end all wars um, because Advance Wars 1 <laughs> plus 2 is going to be coming out in April uh, April 21st this year, which I'm kind of surprised it's coming out that late because I'm pretty sure the game's done and they could have just shadow dropped this like they did with Metroid. But instead they're putting it like, no, no, we're going to give it two more months so we can work out the plans on world peace. I'm, I'm really nervous about Japan entering the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Um... Basin Kaitos 1 and 2 HD remasters coming out. I've heard nothing but great things about these games, so I'm going to give them a try when they uh, release. And... Uh, that's it. Uh, Steven hits Tears of the Kingdom before. I just want to add in that, like, it's pretty interesting to me that they saw all the people using, like, the magnets um, tool to, like, glitch making carts work or like gliding across the world on rocks so just like here we're going to let you make vehicles in this game like it's banjo kazooie nuts and bolts uh, yeah that car cool. looks fucking terrible there i said it the glider looks pretty cool though but yeah, yeah that's they did it better in legends arts here um also <laughs> real quick to... that is not a high bar <laughs> also real <laughs> quick there was um, there were two things I wanted to bring up from the Japanese Nintendo Direct that weren't in the US one, but they've already been confirmed to get localizations. Um, Square Enix announced uh, Paranormal Sites, The Seven Mysteries of Honjo, which is a horror-themed visual novel um, that's going to be coming to Switch and PC uh, in right. March. Tell, tell me, Seth, where are the NFTs? Just tell me. Just just hit me with it straight. Where are the NFTs? Uh, in that in that project that people thought was uh, Parasite Eve, but was in fact not Parasite Eve. Sorry? And Can I get that in English? I, I've, I've <laughs> got the project name. I think it was Symbiosis. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Symbiosis. Nintendo with my wallet. And um, the <laughs> other one is that Atelier <laughs> Marie uh, is getting a remake. Um, this was the very first uh, Atelier game that ca uh, that. Uh, Tecmo Koei ever made, and it's getting a remake for the series' 30th anniversary, which looks pretty, looks pretty neat from the trailer that they showed on the Direct. Um, they've already announced that this is going to be getting localized as well, so I'll keep, I'll check it out sometime. If not personally, I'll watch someone play it. <laughs> Probably Trin. Those games do not look very good. 
I have heard they're very fun games from multiple people outside of just Trinity. These people in the room with us now? No, it's just <laughs> us in the room. Hmm. Funny that. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm sure you'll review it for the podcast. Uh, let's not go expecting too many things from me. <laughs> it's true. I'm- we can barely expect them to edit things together. <laughs> oh. I'd, I'm sorry. I'd, I didn't I'd be mean offended, that, so. but I've been. I, I'd be offended, but I've been late on uploading the podcast multiple times. He posting those memes that I made. Is that your job or is that my job? That was your job. Uh, Actually, ooh, let's, like let's, chat, let's chat after job. this. Ooh, I knew, I knew I'd buckle my <laughs> You're going to have to make oh, sure those memes are outdated. <laughs> no, they're not. Ooh. I should have made some Valentine's ones. I'd make a list out of you. <laughs> what? That was a good one. Um, is that like an organ harvesting joke? Where was where, 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 where that going? Um, what do you mean? Like, I, I'd make a list, like, you know how Steph likes a list? Oh, no. Oh, uh, no. Um, right, rep- I'm, I'm going right, to... Em- is, she, is she emblem on my fire until we engage? Okay. Um, um, <laughs> Steve, uh, you're in I charge of the Valentine's, all right? <laughs> okay. How much is Tears of the Kingdom in Australian dollars? $80. Yeah? If my page loaded, I'd be able to confirm it. Pre-order now. Um, because Switch games are usually $70. It's not loading uh, $89, Seth, you're a fucking liar. Oh, it, it, okay, but add 10 to both the things I said. <laughs> Shut the up. Nine, the Switch, $9 Switch is the games, idiot tax. <laughs> Switch games are usually $80, and Tears of the Kingdom will be 90 Is it like a nice um, pre-order bonus at EB Games that comes with like an art book and a steelbook case? $190. No, thank you. That's fine. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't matter, uh, that brings us to the end of the news segment for this week. Got yeah. him. Uh, thank, thank you. I'm sorry, was, it, was there a follow-up to that, Steve? No, I just, I just said yay. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, we come to the <laughs> end of the, the new segment for this week. Uh, no audience question for this week. No one sent one in. Uh, now, now, now is your chance. It's, you know, if, if, you, if you have something you want us to answer. Anyway, um, <clears throat> uh, without an audience question, that means that we are at the end of episode 60. If there is something that you would like us to talk about, uh, get in touch. We're on Facebook, Fast Travel Lounge, Gmail, fasttravellounge at gmail.com, or Twitter while it's still up, uh, in between all the Elon Musk tweets, uh, Fast Travel Lounge minus one of the L's. Which uh, one is actually trying to push his tweets onto people? Actually, no, I can't believe that. No, you can believe that. That's, that's the most believable thing he's done all year. I just can't believe year. that an engineer actually went and did it. Oh. <laughs> Starvation is a very big motivator. It's, it's true. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is a very big motivator. Well, no. you want to take Tears of the Kingdom is actually just Elon Musk about his, about his Twitter kingdom. Ooh. Boom. Tears of Got Ligma. It. Tears of Ligma. God. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, give us a like or subscription on your preferred uh, podcasting platform of choice. Helps others to find us. But uh, as I said, we're now at the end of episode 60. I've been Patrick. I'm joined by Seth and Steve. Thank you so much for watching, listening. God damn it. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Happy birthday, St. Valentine. Well, hey.